Josh Tull. I'm Brett Roberts. And I'm Stephen Heavenstreet. Welcome to Hapticast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Hapticast Episode 9. This is Haptic Intel's podcast where we talk about video games and other things that tickle our nose hairs. Welcome to the show. We have our Stephen Heaven Street extra co-host that we love with us again this week. Hello. Thanks for having me back on. No problem. It's been a few weeks. Again, this is Haptic Intel's podcast. It comes to you every week on youtube.com slash Haptic Intel. Um, we break it up into discussion videos that we feel are the best, and we also have indie intels pretty much every week. We're not going to have one this week, but if you have any concepts for indie intel in which we talk about indie games that need more spotlight, please send them to us in the comments or hapticintel at gmail.com. And make sure you include nudes, okay? We like nudes. Nudes. Thank you guys for watching so much. We just want to say in the beginning of this one that we appreciate the people that have been watching. Um, there's a few of you. We've been getting like consistent 30, 40 people watching each one. So thank you. We love you. All right. We'll suck you off anytime you want. And please send nudes and then we'll frame them and put them on our walls. Okay. All right. So let's start. How we start each show by talking about games that we're playing. All right. Who's going first? I'll go first. I've been playing. Smite on the PS4, closed alpha. That's really good. I didn't think I would like a MOBA, but I like it a lot. I've been playing with you. Yeah, I haven't been playing it at all, so. <laughs> no, it's it is good. I was I played Smite like before when it first launched on um Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said last week you didn't like it. I didn't like it when it first launched. I guess because at that time I was like hardcore into League. <laughs> Um, which I'm not anymore. I really don't play League that much at all anymore. I, it's not like I don't want to. I just don't have time, and I don't have anyone to play with. So, but Smite was good. It surprised me. Yeah. So, also we picked up Hitman Go. Mm. Very good puzzle game. If you haven't ever seen anything about it, go check it out. It's on sale right now. By the time you listen to this, it probably won't be on sale. So I don't know why I said that, but it was on sale, and I got it, and it was good. It is good. You can also it's an easy platinum for those of you playing on the PS4. And, and Vita. Vita. Yeah. yeah, as I say, it's cross-buy, so get the most bang for your buck. Yeah. Well, it's easy if you look up a guide to it. The Platinum, yeah. Yeah, but I'm trying it without a guide, and I want to off myself. It's hard. So, it's tough. The fifth chapter literally makes me want to jump off of a cliff. I want to get it. It's I good. like puzzle games, so yeah. you'd like you it. would enjoy it. <clears throat> if you liked that one game, um, Monument Valley, yeah. you'd like that this. That was really good. Yeah, you'd like this. Monument Valley. It's a mobile game. I've heard of it. It's on... Like in tablets as well, and I played it on my Kindle Fire, and it was it was good. Being praised, what well, hmm. was being praised when it came out? Yeah, I don't know if it has plans to go on consoles at all, but in any case, it's good. It's yeah. been quite a while, so I don't think yeah. it would. No, I don't think so. But well, I don't have. That's what I've been playing too. So I'm, I'm done. I and I haven't really been playing anything. Although last time since I was on, I played more Persona Four. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably three or four more hour, more hours. So that's good. I beat the first boss in the dungeon. The first dungeon, I fucking forget her name, but Yukiko. it's been a while since I played it. Yukiko. Yeah, in the Yukiko's dungeon, her castle. Um, so I had to leave after that. I was like, it gets like to be quite a grind when yeah. you're going through already, and um, I so I had to like I was running on fumes pretty much, so I had to like 
I'm like, all right, I gotta leave, and I'm gonna explore some real world shit, and that's kind of where I've left off right now. Yeah, gotcha. Um, had a busy week, so I'm gonna pick it back up after this next coming week here. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. We're actually. I'm um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say other than that, not much. Oh, okay. But uh, we're actually going to be talking about a lot of things to do with Persona on this podcast. We have yeah. a lot of new information, and then also another game that's inspired by Persona, so make sure you stick around for that. Okay. Mm. Very so. true. All right. <clears throat> any, th- any other games? Um, on the Vita, I played Taco Master. Trying to get that platinum. It was only a dollar, like 98 or something like that. It's good. It's good. Rocket League, as normal. Yeah, that, that'll never change. Yeah. We don't even have to say it anymore. All right, our first topic, just something I wanted to stick in here real quick. Doom will be 1080p 60fps on PS4 and Xbox One. That's excellent. Okay. So, Bill Kahn, who is a lead project programmer for the game, um, discussed the game's new ID Tech 6 engine um, in a feature published by Bethesda. He said, quote, We want players to wonder how Doom and ID Tech 6 games can be so visually stunning at 60 frames per second at 1080p on all platforms when other titles cannot even achieve a similar look at 30 frames per second. Our goal is to be the best looking game at 1080p 60 FPS, end quote. Wow. And we could tell from the first time we saw it at um, E3 that, I mean, the engine looked good. Yeah. Just from the in-game stuff. And all the trailers we've seen, I mean, it's been... 60 frames per second to the max like you can't like you can tell when a game is 60 frames per second compared oh, yeah. to 30 frames per second the yeah, people that say that you can't you can you there's yeah, a I distinct you have difference to, you have to see the 60 frames to yeah. like realize mm-hmm. the difference yeah and you understand normies yeah. won't realize i don't think yeah yeah like i would have been a normie in that situation until i saw uh dark souls 2 scholar of the first sin running on playstation 4 and that was 60 frames and the first I was time like, i saw that i was like wow. shit i can i actually noticed this and like going back i'm like wow well, like seeing call of duty which i believe always yeah. hits 60 since FPS. since modern warfare 2 yeah and that was the one that like i saw played and now mm-hmm. i like i understand the difference yeah yeah when i first saw um dark souls 2 on um, like the the, the uh the scholar, the first edition. I was like, "Wow, that is sixty frames per second to the max." Yeah, yeah. it's good. It looks really good. Consistently sixty. I don't. I think those are my words too. When I saw it at your house playing, I was like, "Wow." Yeah. So you can tell, but that's cool. That's good. Um, the reason that I wanted to bring this up mainly, though, that it's surprising is that Xbox One games have been struggling to get 1080p 60fps consistently. So if they're saying that this game can on Xbox One, then that's good. Yeah. And it has the exclusive marketing deal, I would I would say, with uh, Xbox anyway. So yeah, because it usually does. Right, because if you mm-hmm. buy Doom, you get don't you get Doom one and two, Doom one and two, right, for Xbox. Yeah. Um, but that's why I'm saying like maybe they really had the push to get that to work. Yeah, sixty frames per second, ten eighty on Xbox One. Well, you know? if you remember that update that came out a few months ago with Xbox, that kind of unlocked more of power. Yes, yes. yes I feel yes. like developers are taking advantage of that, and you'll see more games that are doing this because. PlayStation 4, I mean, obviously, PC, you can... PC is the only platform that supports 4K, so PC, you can go fucking insane. Mm-hmm. But with PS4, they've been pretty consistent with the games that can, that have good engines, can get to 60 frames per second, 1080p. Yeah. But this is probably the first game, really, that's going to be able to consistently do on Xbox One. I think the only game that looked bad on my PS4 that I've ever played AAA was um, Thief. Watch Dogs? Watch Dogs didn't necessarily look bad. Sometimes. Like, when it rained, it looked fine. Yeah. The rest of the time, like, the character models and stuff are a little muddy sometimes. That's true. Thief was cross-gen? Or was... Okay. Thief well, was fucking cross-shit. One of the best games on my PS4, either GTA V or uh, Infamous Second Son. 
I'd yeah. say. Or the, the order. Song. I guess the order. The order is probably the best looking game I've ever played. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a shame. <clears throat> so yeah, that's why I want to bring it up. Yeah, I mean, it It would be embarrassing if it didn't run 1080, 60 on the Xbox One and they had all this, you know, marketing exclusive, exclusivity. Exclusivity? Yes. Okay. You know what I mean, though? Yeah. All right. Doom. Okay. Fallout 4 is getting PC mod support in April, okay? And then it's followed by Xbox mod support in May, and then followed by PlayStation 4 mod support in June. It's going to be interesting. That's so, good. Yeah. And when we saw this at E3, this was crazy that mods were coming to consoles. So the mod support for PC, I would assume that there's, I think this is probably Bethesda mod support, like specific like things from Bethesda yeah, sanctioned is what it. I'm assuming. Um, but anyway, in an interview with Game Informer, Todd Howard, <clears throat> the uh, man himself, said the support will come out between the first and the second DLC packs. Okay. Now, in regards to the DLC packs, Fallout 4 is going to have three DLC packs. Okay. And Automatron is the first launch bringing a little storyline along with Pokemon-esque kill robots. Get their parts, build your own gameplay. The Wasteland Workshop is the second one that's going to be released. It is for workshop folks. I don't know. What is the workshop? What is that? What is that? Like building. Like the... the... Yeah, like building on your settlement and shit. Oh, okay. That was confusing the way that he said that. Um, and then Howard also told Game Informer that players will be able to build their own arenas and capture animals, among other things. That wow. sounds cool. Yeah, that along with mods, I mean. Yeah. And then there's one more DLC pack, Far Harbor. Oh, that one. Which is the big story. The one. big humongadunga. Yeah. So, now, didn't you say something about the uh, DLC going up in price? Yeah, so it went up from, I believe, twenty nine ninety nine to forty nine ninety nine, which is... March 1st is when it goes up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I will probably buy the season pass and cave in before March 1st because I want... <clears throat> I didn't beat the game yet, but I want the extra content. And they're doing... The reason they're raising the price, or so they say, is because they're making more than just those three. Yeah. But they just announced those three, which I think cumulatively priced amount to 35 bucks. There's like the $10... There's a $5 pack, a $10 one, and then the 25 the big... Yeah, Far, Far Harbor, Harbor, which they say is the biggest landmass DLC they've ever made, which supposedly Dragonborn and Skyrim, which I didn't play, was fucking huge. Um, so saying it's bigger than that is pretty, um, yeah, a large scope. So yeah, yeah, I want to talk about that the DLC on the season pass because I don't think I'm gonna get it. I uh, listened to a podcast on my way to school the other day. They told me they talked about the uh, the, the increase in, in price of the season pass. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to buy it. I got to buy it. And I started stressing over how I was going to get the money to buy it. And I was like, oh, my God, like I need, I need to like put money away so I can get this. And I need to do it. Now, there's a date, you know, March 1st. I got to get it before that. And then I was like, it's not even fucking worth like worrying about right now. And I don't think I'm going to I think I'm going to wait to get the season pass, honestly. I don't think I'm going to get it at all. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like the content sounds really cool and I want it really bad. But at the same time, like I I liked Fallout 4 a lot. I really did. And people shit on it on the internet and I'm like it wasn't a bad game at all uh, but at the same time like I have no drive to play it anymore you know yeah. I, mean? I didn't even beat yeah. it oh that's cool like I said before I enjoyed it but I have like no need to go back or interest in yeah. going back really right now and I told you guys before in the past the kind of gamer I am I like to go back months after a game came out like a game like Fallout and I like to clean up things months later I don't know because there's so much to do you know and I like going back and being like oh shit I have so much to do in this game still and I like to go back and clear it all and I feel like maybe one day, you know, I'll buy the season pass when it's 50 bucks. I don't know. Maybe it'll be on sale. Or you don't want 
the littler packs and you just want the big far yeah. harbor and then just pay 25 bucks and exactly then you're done maybe they'll do one more big maybe not as big i don't know but they'll do one more like 15 20 dollars like quest story based pack mm-hmm. and then yeah. that's it you know yeah it's like with uh dragon ball xenoverse i really wanted the season pass when that came out because it included all these cool characters and whatnot and i waited and i waited and i was like i'm not buying this i'm not wasting my money on characters and then i was on vacation one day sitting there I had nothing to play, and I had Dragon Ball Xenoverse with me, and I was like, you know what? I have some extra money. I'm on vacation right now. I bought the season pass because I wanted it. So if I want the season pass one day, I'll just get it. I don't like the whole idea of, like, like it was okay when Dying Light did it because I already had the season pass. But <laughs> like, Yeah? I guess. I'm beating the system to get yeah, it. Yeah, but I would have done the Dying Light thing anyway because the following is pretty good. I'm not saying that Far Harbor is not going to be good, but I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I actually, like, won't get the first two DLC packs and wait for Far Harbor and maybe get that then, just that one. And then maybe Far Harbor will be so good that it'll make you want the other smaller DLC packs, you know? Like, who knows? I don't know. We'll see. Like I uh, I appreciate the forewarning yeah, they gave. Definitely. That's goodwill there. and um, It was smart tactically, though, because people like me who didn't get it at first and was like, well, let me wait to see what they announced. They announced some shit, and then they announced it's going up, so it adds that extra incentive to fucking buy it. And I guess, because yeah. I didn't beat it. Did you? Say if you beat it, Brett. I know you just fucking said, oh, well, I didn't beat it yet, so maybe that's, like, the advantage. Like, I can go back, and the DLC plus, like, I didn't beat it yet. Yeah. Will, like, incentivize me to go back to it. Also, $50. Yeah. I mean, I didn't get the... I loved Arkham Knight, but I didn't get that season pass, because that was a fucking mess. I don't even think Dying Light went up to 50. Do you remember what Dying Light went to? 30. Or 40. It was, like, 20, and then it went up to, like, 30. Yeah. It's not bad. $50? What's well, the thing? That's they've like, already hit thirty-five, and they usually—it's usually the season pass. Like you get a deal, so like it's they okay. might have thirty-five dollars extra coming in. But like, it's like Batman does it. Everyone shits on it. Fallout does it, and they give like a week, like a week or two warning, and it's, so it's fine. What's the problem with DLC in general? And that's like a whole other conversation, which I don't want to super get into because we have a lot to get to today. But. The problem with DLC in general now that now to unlock the full potential or content of a game, I need to pay like $120. I don't want to fucking do that anymore for one game. I don't think you do for Fallout because it's already so big. Yeah, to be fair, a lot of the content's being worked on after the fact. The game's already out and whatnot. I I don't mind paying for big DLCs like the, you know, Far Harbor and the Point Lookouts of Fallout 3 and all that, you know, but I don't know. It We shouldn't have to pay for the other other ones you have there. I just don't think that's necessary, you know? I agree. Should be an update. Yeah. I mean, maybe... Well, they're, they're going to update for free, like, survival. They're going to yeah. add... I don't even know if they had survival mode in it initially. Sorry for being misinformed on this, but they're updating it. Yeah. I know that. They're adding, like, diseases. That's, that's for free, so... Yeah. But, like, the mods. Who knows that the mods don't add things that the DLC... They will. Yeah. Well, I know that they're going to Bethesda things. filtered and whatnot, but... Yeah. I'm just saying I'm gonna have a lot of fun with the mods. I don't maybe necessarily need the, all these DLCs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's the main story. Mod support coming to consoles, PC in April, Xbox One in May. All right, this is a nice beefy one. So, yeah, prepare your witness. All right, so if you're a PC master cuck, I'm gonna give you a trigger warning right now. All right. Okay. PS4 is more efficient at running VR than PC. Shots fired. Now, this isn't my opinion. Okay? This is fact. Maybe. I don't know. It's from people from PSVR, so maybe not. 
<clears throat> Let me get into it. <clears throat> Dr. Richard Marks, the head of PlayStation Magic Lab at Sony. Richard Marks. Yeah. Carl, Carl Marks. Marks. Mm-hmm. Recently spoke at length about the technical capabilities of PSVR of the PSVR headset during a presentation at the 2016 Vision VR AR Summit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a name. Yeah. Jesus. Vrarar. Okay. The Vrarar Summit. So, Christ. if you're gonna get triggered, get triggered to Dr. Richard Marks or two of the other people that I'm gonna mention. Anyway, during his presentation, Marks revealed that the PS4 was effectively 60% more efficient than the same spec PC computers at handling VR processing. He also said that the PlayStation VR headset would have a 100-degree field of view, and thanks to being optimized around the PS4's fixed hardware, would have an incredibly low latency of less than 18 milliseconds. Uh, All right. Low. 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 Okay. So, the only new hardware needed to make the PlayStation VR headset work with the PS4 will be included within the device. And lastly, the external processor will mostly be concerned with processing 3D audio. This means that no PS4 CPU GPU cycles will be spent on processing audio. Hmm. Okay. So, then he goes into, or another PlayStation VR headset developer goes into, um, about that he spoke on the device's technological capabilities compared to other VR headsets in a Reddit comment thread. Okay. And he said that, quote, PSVR is extremely close to being on par with Vive and the Rift with a GTX 970 based on the test that I've done, he's done. In brief, the PSVR only requires about one-fourth of the render target size that the Vive requires. This has to do with the display that they're using that can run 60 hertz game at 120 hertz in addition to the 90 hertz mode. Okay. Now I'm going to keep going because th- this is the main point that they- they're making is that there are other things to consider as well. So... If you want to go further, he says. For example, the PS4 has hardly any driver overhead compared to Windows, so it's a fully dedicated gaming system that can focus purely on performance. For example, the draw calls on the PS4 are faster than with the DX11, which is um, you know, it's the program on PC that essentially runs games. DX11, DX12, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, which is something that a lot of people don't realize. PlayStation VR headset developer Yantra VR, which is his Reddit username, wrote that, quote, they have also started beefing up their small conversation box with the processing power to help do some of the heavy lifting, end quote. That's the external processing unit for the PSVR. The big, the big block. So, with all that, the main point that they're trying to make is that since the PlayStation 4 is a dedicated console for gaming, right, that only has to really worry about the game that it's running and very little overhead for the OS compared to running... A bunch of things for Windows and driver software, whatever. Yeah, everything that. That PC does. Yeah. And that it also has an external processing unit that can handle a lot of that overhead so that the PS4 can up-res the graphics, up the refresh rate, lower the latency of the game, therefore making PlayStation 4 60% more efficient at running those since it doesn't have to worry about all that than PCs. Wow. That's crazy. Makes sense. It's a lot, a lot of tech language that... Yeah. So... I hope, but the way you put it made sense. Yeah. Like, like I try, I try not to include too many of. So if you don't understand, I think I'm sorry. But like, no, it makes sense. That's basically the PS4 is a dedicated gaming machine, and it can focus simply on the gaming. And yeah. then PCs, they they have all this other shit running in the background. Right. You know what I mean? So it makes sense. Ready? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you an example. A really bad one. Okay. So say you're a writer. Okay. And you are just focused on one project, okay? The project being VR. You're in a room and you're writing something, okay? You're going to have a much easier time writing and completing your task in a quiet room by yourself 
rather than being in a room with like 60,000 other people and you can't concentrate because there's a million other things going on. Does that dumb it down a little more? Makes sense. Okay. So, anyway, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because on March 15th, there's a press event for PlayStation VR. They're probably going to reveal the price, you know, price, the release date. Right, which is what we're expecting. Yeah, because GameStop CEO revealed that it's coming out this fall, right? Mm -hmm. That's what he said, yeah. Supposedly, but take that with a grain of salt from GameStop. I thought it was interesting. No, it is interesting, and it makes complete sense, I think. Yeah. so. But um, I found this, like, on the fucking nether realms of the internet, so I, there wasn't too much talk about it, because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people know about it, per se. So. Yeah, I didn't hear about it at all. Yeah, so. it, it was an article on a really obscure website that I found, and then I started doing some more research on it, and I found these like the other Reddit articles mm-hmm. and whatnot. So. Yeah, a lot of people were wondering what that little box was. Yeah. With the PSVR unit. So. so it just handles processing power so that the PS4 can dedicate itself on the game, the look of the game, and which is why they can get that latency so low. Gotcha. You want to so. make any predictions? Yeah. Price? I'd like to. Price and release window. I'll say window. Dates too specific. Okay. Release window? I don't. I think it's coming out this year. I think it's coming out holiday. So fall 2016. Mm. Probably closer to holiday. I think November. I think Black Friday is going to be a good time to sell a lot of units. I think it'll be released before that? Yeah. And I think it's going to be $500. I would like to be 400 or 300 but it will be 500 What about you, Steven, release window? I know there was a rumor in the past about it coming out in June, or in the summertime. But I haven't... I don't know how much that's been vindicated at all um fucking a um i'll say october october mm, that's, good. that's right in the middle yeah yeah but as the highest chance of being wrong probably oh and price i lean towards brett after seeing that the vive being 800 bucks um the vr i could see being 400 or 450 yeah it's been indicated it'll be the price of a console a ps4 was 400 xbox one was 500 when it first came out so yeah now it's like 250 you can get it for we have oculus at 600 we have the vive at 800 and i think we're gonna have the ps vr at no less than 399 dollars 99 cents i'm going with on the low end yeah no i agree i i I, I pretty much can guarantee it's going to be more than that, but I'm going to take the bet on the low end, and that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they want to hit the 399 mark. I think they want to hit low because yeah. they know it'll sell. But And it also depends you know, if they're willing to take a loss on it or not, which actually might be a smart idea for them in the long run. If they want, if they're so invested in VR, right, they might want to consider taking an initial loss on it to get in the hands of more people, mm-hmm. and then eventually they're going to figure out how to manufacture it for less and make it more, you know, whatever. Definitely. But maybe initially, if they take a loss on it, they'll get it into the hands of more people. Maybe you could see it as low as three fifty. I'm almost. I don't know about that. I don't know. I, I think. I, I see where you're coming from, but I think. Oh, no, I was just gonna. Go I was gonna say that I, I might even wait to get it. Uh, think about like the connect, you know. I don't know. I feel like they might make a second version of the PSVR and it might be slicker. And the thing with, yeah. I was going to say, like, the counter argument is that a lot of people have said VR's first wave is going to be, like, the most 
narrowed mm-hmm. niche consumer base and out of the 30 how many ps4 sold over 30 million a yeah lot. how much of that install base is like day one i'm gonna spend console tier money on a headset that might not have much strong software support in no the more than five percent in my opinion well listen you got that but then you also got the people that want it for christmas think about all the kids that want it and their parents how much of their parents would be like this is too fucking expensive right well they already have a ps4 and there's the worry that it makes people like sick and stuff i think there's i don't think that's i don't think i think there for parents i think there could be some taboo there seriously i don't think that maybe yeah and if there's not like a kid game for it why would they buy it for their kid i don't know well, yeah, I, I really don't see a large percentage of the install base purchase. I think it'll be. I don't think they were one to take a loss on it, so I don't think they will. Fucking hoverboards are a thing, and they want them for Christmas. Hoverboards. If people are literally asking for those for Christmas, five hundred dollars, six hundred dollars scooters with no fucking handlebars. Yeah, and there's a whole line of them that like fucking heated up and caught on fire. Yeah, but like, that's true. That's irrelevant though. Like, what I'm trying to say is. If people have, we know people have PS4s. They're selling like crazy. People have these consoles already. People bought them for $400, $300. Why wouldn't, if you want it and you want it for Christmas, I think that the demand's going to be high. It's going to be like the Wii almost, where people are going to want it. And it's going to, because the, it's not going to sell like the Wii. I'm saying people are going to want it. Like the I'm general saying, public. It's, it's going to be hard it's, to get. It has so much more tech than the Wii ever had. No, that's true. I'm saying. I think that it's going to be hard to find if you want it because they're not going to make a lot of them. They're going to sell out, and it's going to be the item that people want for Christmas. Yeah. But the general public, number one, thinks VR is gimmicky. They don't understand the full concept That's not of true. it. They won't no, until... The general public, the, the purchasing, the majority purchasing demographic of VR is not going to be people that know anything about VR. I think it's higher than you guys think. Google call No, I'm, I'm not saying it's... No, I'm saying that... The price makes it niche. The concept oh, yeah. will be there when it when it runs on this phone. Everyone's gonna fucking have a headset, yeah, yeah. and that's gonna be a few years. But it is running on phones. You can get like the the Samsung where you just stick your phone in and it's a VR unit. Yeah, well, that's the same thing with like Google Cardboard. But it's not gonna be widespread yet. Is it first, yeah. first coming out? I think that the market's there. I think the price isn't. If the price isn't right, obviously it's not gonna be there. I'm not saying that everyone's gonna want a $900 Oculus Rift or a, a Vive. I'm saying this is a PlayStation item. It's it's going to be like 400 500 bucks in my prediction. People already have PS4s. This is being hyped up. It's not getting shit on yet. People are, There's a lot of games coming out for it. I think that's another thing that is very important. The game's got to be there, and it sounds like they are. Okay? I think that they're not going to make many units. I think it's going to be the holiday item that people are going to want. And it's going to break the mold of mainstream VR, like it's going to be the mainstream VR. I agree that it's going to be the most accessible because you don't need a fucking $1,500 plus PC to run it. Exactly. We just... But there is still a high cost barrier. Like, you need $400 for a mm-hmm. PS4. You might need move controllers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're even well, going to talk about the, glo- said, the, the patented glove controller. That could the, be... The guy, um, the guy from uh, PlayStation, though, the, the Magic Lab, said that everything that <clears throat> needs to run it is going to be included... What, like, so we're gonna get the camera. Do we I, need the camera? I'm not sure. I know you at least need move controllers, but he said everything that you need with it is going to be per, like it's gonna be sold with it, which is smart because you think they'll do a super PS4 hardware bundle with VR? Yeah, yeah. and have like move controllers. Absolutely. How much would that be? Eight hundred, nine hundred bucks, probably. It'll probably be a value. It'll be. It might be more worth it. Yeah, it'd, it'd probably be like eight hundred bucks though, maybe seven. Well, we don't know the price of the VR yet. That's, what, no. that's what's yeah. holding it back. But anyway, March 12th, was it? March 15th. 
is the the uh, conference, the uh, press event. Mm-hmm. Got a big juicy stamp on that date on the calendar because that's going to be interesting stuff. Yeah, I think I think it'll make or break it. I agree because it could be it's coming out. You know when we said it, and it's going to be like eight hundred bucks, and everyone's going to be like, no. Dude, if it's eight hundred bucks, no one's getting it. That will never. Calling fucking Shuhei myself. Now, real quick, what if, <laughs> what if now, they surprise us? This thing's worth two hundred and fifty bucks. What do you guys think about that? No, no, I'm, I'm not saying it. What I'm not saying if it, you know. I would what, honestly start to doubt the technical capability. Mm-hmm. Almost. Yeah. Not but that I'm they, saying the dude's lying. What if they did though? Do you think it, it, if it was sold at two hundred fifty dollars, it would fucking sell like fucking cunt cakes, dude. And you. Maybe they're looking at it like that. Maybe they're going to make it cheaper because they know they'll make it Well, that depends. Uh, again, depends. Sony if recently they want wasn't loss. even ma- in the black. They weren't making. Oh yeah. Like they were. They're. They are not. PS3. They don't do really well besides like the PlayStation, PlayStation divisions. Like they're yeah. strong. They're pretty much just PlayStation. Divisions. And PS 3s they were like trying to still pay for their losses for the PS three and stuff. So. Yeah, they're not going to go low. They might do. You talk about like the blue ocean strategy of like artificially having not as much stuff but i don't i think because i think they're going into this with like let's see how like the reaction is Mm -hmm. and so like they're not gonna manufacture like 10 million at start it's gonna be like niche and if there's a demand they're gonna be like all right we're gonna we have more ready let's fucking let's have this shit ready for the holiday like Mm -hmm. big push so also if they're smart they need to get people to try it before they sell it, so whether they put it in GameStop, yeah, or they have price. their own whatever, mm-hmm. they need to do something like that. Kind of like, um, not that it needed any help, but the Smash Bros. events, like at Best Buys and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they need stuff like that where people can come in and publicly try it so that they get a better understanding. Because I really don't think that the general consumer population understands what it's capable of. Yeah. I don't understand because I, I, w- I haven't worn it. I want to, yeah. I think, like, none I, I, of us know until we actually have no. you used VR at all. No, but I've listened to people that have mm-hmm. used it, people that oh, I, I trust and their opinions. I've used VR once, so yeah, I've never why. used it. Uh, they had the Samsung Galaxy oh, okay. stick the, the phone gear in. thing. Yeah, and oh, that's the, different. The, the graphics were just because obviously you're using a phone as you're you're looking at a phone. You know what I mean? And it was just like right. It was like an underwater demo with like sharks and shit, and I was just like, it smelled like cigarettes on the inside. So let's put their face yeah. on. Yeah, it wasn't. That's it's gross. Yeah, I'm gonna bring some wipes if they ever have that yeah but yeah they'll probably they probably announced that at the press event so yeah they'll be like it's in stores now go check yeah. it out March mm-hmm. 15th maybe, that might be why the GameStop CEO said he knows when it's coming out did know? he say it's coming out in fall or that we'll have it at fall he said we'll have it by fall so it could be out earlier but I don't know maybe who knows this is hard we'll see predictions are a crapshoot and yeah. they always lose anyway so March 15th yeah date to watch okay so Persona fans, talking about us and you. There's a lot of them out there. There are. Thank you, everyone, for watching our Persona videos. We appreciate it. We like talking about Persona. And I would live inside of Persona 4 if I could. In the universe? No, I'd live inside Persona 4. The game cartridge? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd become part of it. Okay. Okay. So, two episodes ago... We spoke about um, Persona 5's, or Persona in general's, uh, March 2016 magazine mm-hmm. issue, hashtag, whatever. I don't fucking know how to... <laughs> hashtag. The, the way that this title is like, Persona magazine, hashtag, 2016, The, the Japanese March. titles yeah, like, are I was like, well, I, I don't so. know. But anyway, Persona magazine for March 2016 issue has released, which features a new interview with Persona series director Katsura 
Hashino, who shares new tidbits on Persona 5. Okay. Let's hear him. Feed me those tidbits, Josh. Oh, I'll th- fucking feed you the tidbits. <laughs> we should say this information might be old to some. It's about a week old, right? Yeah, some of it, but we're going to dissect it. We're going to talk bit. about it. Yeah. Stick around. magazine scans, too. So yeah. that it's not like it's like super out there information because it's like magazine scans that was translated and on yeah. NeoGAF, and then I found yeah. some stuff on Reddit about it, and it's not like it's, you know. Yeah, I'm just saying don't leave just because you already yeah. know this information. We're going to discuss this and talk yeah, about yeah, it further. Yeah. Alright, so the dungeon level design is vastly different from previous games. All of them incorporate different stories and can be thoroughly enjoyed. We saw this from the first trailer that we saw. This, like the stealth element, him jumping from the fucking chandeliers, the chandeliers and yeah, shit. Yeah. Like the fucking yeah. swiping like back and forth between cover. Mm-hmm. So the, we already know that it's different. So this isn't really surprising, but it's nice again that he, he wants to you know, specify that, listen... It's different. The yeah. dungeon is different because Persona Three and Persona Four were actually, like pretty much vastly different from within themselves. Where Persona Three had the um the the, the, the what the fuck was it called the um work with all the rooms the dungeon what was it called the dungeon the place where you go for the dungeon has one name oh oh there's so there's the, like a central hub where you go to all the dungeons the fucking, I couldn't help you there it's been so long since I played that yeah I'm sorry I. I really I can't remember. I I I, I get the general so idea though. Yeah, and the Persona Four, whereas each character that you go to save has their own dungeon. The dungeon layouts are different. The enemies are pretty much different. Whatever. So yeah, and this is gonna be vastly different from Persona Four. Spicing it up. I'm trying to think of what it was called. Terminus. That's it. Is it Terminus? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Man. I think I think it's Terminus. I'm pretty sure you're correct. Good. Anyway. By choosing the cliched theme, of, is that what it, is that? I think I spelled that wrong. I, I spelled that wrong. It's not Terminus. Oh. Tartarus. Yeah. It's called Tartarus. Terminus is Tartarus. a Walking Dead thing, right? Oh my god. Sorry, anyway. Tartarus but, is a fucking, sounds like tartar sauce, right? Tartar sauce. That's all you need to know. By choosing the cliched theme of Phantom Thieves, Atlas hopes to surprise users and put in more ideas than can be imagined. I don't like some of this stuff is going to sound weird to us because the translation. Yeah, the translation is not one to one. Yeah, so. but Phantom Thieves. I mean, obviously, it's interesting because now our characters are more of a what I'm at least perceiving as. I wouldn't call them necessarily villains, but I'd call them you know delinquents, maybe mm-hmm. hoodlums, if you will. Antiheroes. Antiheroes. That's a good. That's you a know? good point. Yeah. Whereas, like you're. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That's going to be vastly different, but I can only think of, like, Breaking Bad, whereas, like, personally, at least I rooted for the fucking bad guy the mm-hmm. whole time, even yeah. up till the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, something like that. Um, the setting is in Tokyo. We already know this. We saw this from some trailers. Many of the characters are labeled or looked at things from a bi- or look at things from a biased point of view and such, and are spending their days unhappily, feeling that it can't be helped and don't fit in. Breaking the status quo, rising up and coming alive is how the introduction will develop. So instead of like looking at yourself and like find like, like like finding out who your true self is like in Persona Four, yeah, you're gonna have to find out how to explain this. It's more of I feel like it's more focused on the group as a whole rather than you finding yourself individually like with other people. Yeah. Does that make any yeah, kind of yeah, sense? Yeah. Finding where you belong, if you will, and like your yeah. relation to the surrounding environment. Yeah, where you are. Because we know certain characters have certain problems and they become friends with you. 
Right. Because of their problems, if that right. makes sense, yeah. And that's what I fucking... That's what I love about Persona, dude, because, like, you get so fucking encompassed in your character and the characters around you that, like, you really, like... you Number one, you want to keep finding out, but you want to figure out, like, who you are as a character mm-hmm. in the game. And it's, like... It's really hard to explain, but it's just... It's done so well, which is one of the reasons why I love like Persona 4 so much. It's just... It's such a unique experience because, yes, the, the RPG elements are amazing and, you know, the combat is amazing and the story is amazing, but it's not even really about that. It's about finding yourself as a player and as a character. And your friends finding themselves. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's about the journey rather than the destination. Yeah. I agree. So. Okay. Um, regarding Ryuji Sakamoto, which is... The blonde man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is a let's change the world character who pulls along the protagonist. The hero oh, begins. Japan. Yeah, I love yeah. The uh, the hero begins his phantom thieving after getting caught up with Ryuji. He's insistent but kind on the inside. His personality is a good match for his voice actor Mamoru Miyano, and his persona Captain Kid matches Ryuji's setting and episode. Now his persona was the big pirate guy, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, Captain Kid. So, uh, also like. For me personally, he kind of seems maybe like sort of like a kanji type character. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but we, gotta, we gotta keep the spoilers to a minimum. Don't forget. Yeah, Steven's not done yet. Yeah, but, but oh, my bad. Kanji he doesn't even know who kanji yeah, is. Yeah, it's, if there's no context, I don't care. Okay. Yeah, he's a character that's yeah. gonna come up in the game. Yeah. Um. Okay. So Anne Takamaki. Maki, uh, I think that's it. I'm not good with Japanese names. She is a quarter American character who has returned to Japan and is well-liked. We know this already. She doesn't have friends, and though she stands out, she is cut off and isolated from her surroundings. She stands out because she's American. Um, After becoming your friend, her bright personality makes her the lively mood maker of the group. Her persona, Carmen, has a female fatal side to her, and in an incident related to Anne, the protagonist and Ryuji will take on the fight in the other world. In this sense, Anne will have an influence on the fate of the protagonists. That's interesting. I don't quite understand that. I think it's just he's saying that she's going to be an integral character. So you like, know the you know the thing with the guy on the subway and he crashes the subway. You know yeah. What I'm talking about yeah. like I think whatever that is, whatever's going on, maybe that's related what it's referring to, her? to. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. She has an influence on the fate of the protagonist. We, we her persona has a fatal side. In an incident related to mm-hmm. Anne. The protagonist and Ryuji will take on a fight in the other world. Yeah, so maybe so Anne... maybe she is the catalyst for finding the shadow. Yeah, and in the limited context, of what I played a Persona Four, it sounds like because the dungeons are based seem to be so far based off the characters you rescue. Mm-hmm. So maybe I don't know if you have to rescue her, or maybe something happens in yeah That's the a... other world. I don't. Yeah, no, you're... I can't add much, but that just that's when I hear that, like I kind of related it back to that. Yeah, yeah Ryuji um, could be like Yosuke. And mm. Anne could be like Chie, you know what I mean? For yeah. that whole beginning. Yeah. yeah. But let me tell you something about Anne. She is Bay already, okay? <laughs> All right. Um, Morgana. A character similar to Persona 4's Teddy, obviously, that will help you navigate the other world. Having previously been involved in the Phantom Thief business for certain reasons, she also bears the responsibility of training the protagonist as Phantom Thieves. So, very similar to Teddy. In the real world, Morgana takes on the form of an ordinary cat, and Hashino wants you to look forward to the reason why that is. So mm. he's saying, mm. you want to know, this is a spicy meatball. There's like a story behind it. Yeah. yeah. Morgana's persona, Zoro, is her admired form. 
Because she's usually small and called with a hey cat, Morgana's persona takes on a macho form. I think hey cat is equivalent to here kitty. I think that's what they're Something like that. You know what I mean? Like here kitty kitty, like they're like babying her and she likes the macho form because she's not being babied. Right. It's like, whereas like if you remember like Teddy, never mind. Hey cat. (laughs) Teddy's persona isn't necessarily eventually like big, but there's a, I don't want to spoil. There's a part with Teddy where he's like, "You'll see." I really don't want to spoil that part. So yeah, I'm. I'm I was. I don't want to say I am worried. I was worried a little bit that Morgana was going to be too much like Teddy, and it wasn't going to yeah. play out very well. You know. Hang on for a second. Spoiler alert. Stephen, cover your ears real quick. I'm just going to whisper. Like, Teddy's bullish form. Okay. There you go. Oh. Yeah. I think I heard you. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. The deep voice. And yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're Hopefully good. they heard that. Yeah. If you're not, I'll put it up on the screen right now. Make sure you don't watch this part, Stephen. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let me write that down actually so I don't remember. Um, so in regards to uh, Yusuke Kitigawa, an eccentric character whose illustration may give off a different appeal. He has talent as a painter and is also an art scholarship student. So he's the guy with purple hair, right? That we saw. Yeah. Now he looked like an antagonist to me. Yeah. First but one. it doesn't look like he is anymore from like mm-hmm. some of the things that they're explaining. Well, he could also. I feel like how you're going to come across Yusuke is very similar to how you come across. Not really a spoiler. How you come across Kanji, where at first he's like, you don't know who he is, and you kind of think he's a douchebag uh, or he's mean to you, or. Because I was going to say he's m- probably more like a. Uh, uh, what's her name? Naoto? Yeah, Naoto. Maybe it's like so. a, more, more of a, like a Naoto type character. Like a Justice? Yeah. Like he's like the Justice person? Mm-hmm. Or Arcane? Maybe. I, I don't know. I get the vibe that well, he is going to try to stop you, and then he like realizes what you're doing. There's a bigger picture there, and he's going to be like, okay, and he's going to join you. Yeah. I would. You know? Oh, a bigger picture there. He's a painter. So, yeah. Um, so, this is the most interesting part to me personally there will be a system similar to social links it is communication driving the communication is the driving force for those who are trying to make a change oh is it's a question he poses a question i'm sorry is communication the driving force for those who are trying to make a change with that question in mind Tashino says that it will be good if persona 5 depicted human relations a step above persona 3 and persona 4 social links hmm so I just I, I just take that as it's going to be more of a complex system mm-hmm. than Persona 4. I wish that the social links, I hope that they have more of an influence on the main story. In Persona 4, it would seem you would max out the social link of a character. You would have the dialogue where they would say how much they love you and you know how much they care about you. And then they would still treat they would still treat you the same way in the game, in the main story. Like, as if you guys didn't have that emotional bond. Except for, like, Rise, because uh, she is the narrator when you're in the battles, eventually. Right. And you know how she, like, says certain things to you? It'll change if you max up her social link or whatever. But besides that, no other character really has any changes. Yeah, so, I guess. You know? You yeah. You understand what I mean? I guess I wasn't really, like, super focused on that, though, because, like, I was so involved with, like, getting, like, the social link max. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fucking... Yukiko, like, let's go. You know I, I just mean? wish, like, the whole thing with, like, you know how you raise Kanji socially? Yeah. Like, at, after that whole thing happens, and, you know, the event happens at the end of that. Spoilers. Don't want to say too much. Um, I wish that that came into the play in the main story a little more somehow. Yeah. And they just don't talk about it. I understand why, because it's a game mechanic that it would be hard to make all of the... It's like, oh, well, did you max out Kanji's social link? Did you max out Chie's social link? If you did, then this would happen. If not, this would happen. You know what I mean? It would be too many different scenarios. I understand why they didn't do it, but I think that they should do it. I agree. You know? Yeah. 
Now, I'm not very far, it. and that I apologize is an obvious question, um, but if you increase the social bond between your characters in Persona 4, do you get battle bonuses? Yeah. Or is it just... I know there's stuff about, like, you get Persona... They, they Essentially, persona. their Persona gets, like, extra abilities mm -hmm. via your social link with them. Okay. Yeah. Because if I may borrow from... A game, a franchise that's actually crossing over with Fire Emblem, and the more mm -hmm. recent Fire Emblems, the Fates that just came out in Awakening before had, um, it's tactical RPG, but there's you can essentially have like social links and eventually have kids that like mm -hmm. become like a character that you can use in battle. And since if you move like the two characters that you want to link next to, like in the same square or like in next in like adjacent squares on the battlefield they you get like battle bonuses and do more damage and shit that's cool yeah so maybe there i know there's there that's going to work together in the shin megami cross fire emblem game okay so i don't know if some of that they might try to incorporate in persona 5 i have no idea how that would work probably <gasps> maybe i would assume probably not something like that because you know they're high school kids so i yeah. wouldn't really expect the kid well, i don't know if, i don't know the kid thing might more no, thing, but the but thing where he said, like, when they're next to each other in battle. Maybe there's, like, more battle-to-battle -battle interaction or, like, extra attacks you mm -hmm. can do. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool if, if they had, had like, like, like co-op attacks or something where, like, you could... You know how they have the all-out... Yeah. You know, the all-out attacks? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if they had maybe, like, better versions of that depending on your social link yeah. with certain characters, you know? Certain special yeah. moves, even. Yeah, and you add. can do that Ooh. in the, the, Wii, the Wii U game. Like, there's that interaction. Okay. That's how it plays in the dungeon crawler aspect. Good point. It's not tactical, so maybe point. they import some of that. I have no idea. That's a good idea. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see why not, but that's no, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, I hope so. Um, oh, and then the last bullet. So Atlas is celebrating the 20th anniversary of, of the Persona series this year. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, I 20 did not years. even know, know that until I read 20 that. fucking years, dude. Well, to be fair, Persona 4, their last entry, came out in like 2007 or something, right? Yeah, it was a PS2 yeah. game. Or maybe um, Golden came out in 2008. No, Golden came out. 2010? Like, more recently, 2012. Even. Oh, I think you're right, yeah. I forget. You have it over there? I do. 2012. Okay. So I think maybe regular Persona 4 came out in 2008 then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're celebrating 20 years. And since Atlas is thinking about if it can make an announcement that will please users, while first waiting for Persona 5... Hashino says to look forward to something in that vicinity. Yeah, I heard about this, and you know what I think it is? It could be uh, Persona 3 and 4 ports, or Persona in general ports to PS4. Yeah, I think. so listen, uh, I forget his name, but someone commented on our last Persona video about how he said that he hopes that PS the Persona 4 comes to PS4 and it has trophies or whatever. And I said, yes, absolutely, I want to suck that off if that happens. So I don't see, like, if they could fucking, like, bridge the gap of you know, the little bit more time that we have before Persona 5's release, and they release Persona 4, or and Persona 3, or whatever, or just one or the other on PlayStation 4, with trophies? What if they put out a demo of Persona 5, like Ooh. you do with Dungeon? <laughs> That'd be fucking insane. That'd be the end. My heart would explode. It's getting fucking hot in here, dude. <laughs> See, it's weird. Moist. It's 20 years, and Pokemon's 20 years yeah. old, too. What's weird about this this announcement, though, this sentence is he says, Atlas is thinking about if we can make an announcement that will please users while first waiting for Persona 5. Yeah. It makes it seem like it'd be after Persona yeah, 5. Yeah, as you've seen, like, bridge the... Oh, 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 I You see. were saying, yeah. like, you know, before it. Yeah. Puts on out before it. I think that what he's saying is after. Could be a translation error, but that's what I get out of it. 
Yeah, the wording's kind of confusing. Yeah, a lot of this wording is confusing. Pre-order Persona 5 Orbit's Special like, Edition, including yeah. the mask, and you also get Persona 4 and 3 on PS4. It'd be the end. I'd jerk off to that stage. <laughs> That'd be the end of it. My life would be over. What if they did, uh, this is just like fan service now, but like they had a system that had like a decal of like Persona on it. Would you buy it? <laughs> buy a new PS4. Yeah, would you? I think you would. <laughs> Looks like you would, yeah. I need a new one anyway. Let's go. Yeah. Although mine's pretty slick, though. I have the uh, Imperial logo on my PlayStation 4. Oh, shit. Custom. That's a hard, Custom made by hard trade-off. Brett Roberts right there. So, yeah. But no, I... Listen, dude. I'm a shill. So. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Definitely is. It is. The Persona hype train rolls five. on. Yeah. Hype train is fucking steaming up, if you will. <laughs> okay. It's not over yet, though. No. In relation to Persona, more kind of Persona-ish news. This was going to be at our indie intel segment, but we realized that it's not an indie game because it's being published by Atlas. But we're going to talk about a game made by some people. Important, important. Important people. people called Caligula. Okay? So... It's made by, and I have their names down here, but um, what the hell is his name? Uh, it's being written by Tadashi Sotomi, who is the writer behind Persona, Persona 2 Innocent Sin, and Persona 2 Eternal Punishment. Okay? So let me read you what this game is. Okay? So it's set in the virtual reality world of Mobius. Let me stop you there. Mobius. <coughs> yeah. Just go ahead. No, seriously, go ahead. No, Mobius. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna fact check. Just go okay. ahead. Anyway, um, the story of Caligula follows nine men and women that aim to return to the real world. It is a next-generation juvenile RPG, so Persona, that focuses on modern pathology and trauma. Its title, Caligula, refers to wanting to see things we're not allowed to see or doing things we're not allowed to do. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. The protagonists are locked up in Mobius, which is, again, a virtual reality world in which all human beings become an ideal high school student and spend their days repeating high school mm. life. Everyone within Mobius has forgotten the real world. For different reasons, each of the protagonists realizes that Mobius is not the real world and form a going-home club with the desire to return home and start looking for a way back. However, there are some members who suffered in reality and sought salvation in Mobius and carry a darkness that cannot be shared with the others. So Mobius is an ideal world created by the vocal software Mew. People escape the despair of reality in Mobius and those saved by her song are granted their every dream. In Mobius, there are men and women regardless of age that become high school students and live out a three-year student life on a loop. What I was going to say was Mobius is an enemy in Shin Megami Tensei series. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. The protagonists oppose the ostinato musicians, composers that provide music to Mew, and who plan to destroy the going home club that are disrupting the order of, um, of Mobius as traitors. Famous sound composers of Vocaloid and such are working on the game. Wow. Okay. And again, the game is being written by Tadashi Satomi. It's being made by four four guys. Like So it's a small team of guys. Um, I forgot to put down the director... And there's a guy doing, like, scenarios and, and a guy composing. I forget their names. I should have wrote them down. I didn't. I look it up. Okay. Caligula. They have a whole website with it on there. Um, make sure you have Google Translate to translate that. All right? So, 
The title of the game is derived from the Caligula effect, a term describing one significant desire for something they're not permitted to have. And again, that's what it said before, Caligula. So something you're not permitted to have or something you're not permitted to do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, the initial tagline for the game is kind of like Persona has, Persona 5 has Steal Your Heart or whatever. The initial tagline is, can you kill an idol? Okay. Idols. That reminds me of Super yeah. Tensei Crossfire. Yeah. yeah. AKA J-pop. Hashtag yeah. FE, J-pop. And it is slated for a June 23rd, 2016 release date in Japan for the PlayStation Vita, priced at 6,980 yen, which is approximately 62 US dollars. Sounds really awesome. It does. I hope it, I hope it comes here. Yeah, me too. Yeah. The the art is nice. Now, there's a trailer for it, too. Oh, there is. I haven't seen yeah. it. So, I'll have to show you the trailer. It either, yeah. It's decent. So, go check out the trailer. Just you could just Google um, Caligula uh, Persona One Two, right? Whatever, it'll pop up with their website. Okay. And I know the developers of a Sword Art Online game are associated Ooh, with the game, right? Good point. Yeah, I forget. Correct. I forget the name Hollow of the Fragment. Game. Hollow Fragment. Yeah, there we go. that's it. Yeah, not a very good game. It's all right. But I'm excited for this game because listen, Persona is slick. Okay. Danganronpa is slick, and this game looks slick, and the art style is very similar to what how Persona Five looks, mm -hmm. like eerily similar. Mm -hmm. So I'll show you the, the trailer later. Yeah, I want to see it. But it's fucking good. <laughs> All right. So I'm glad you told me about this this morning because I. Fucking yeah, I read it on Reddit, and then Steve <laughs> brought it up last night again, so I figured we'd include it. You brought it up last night. Was you I there? No, you weren't there. Okay. Yeah, I was just being it. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, again, like I said, that was supposed to be our indie intel segment, but we don't have one this week. So if you have any ideas, any indie games that you think deserve some more spotlight that you want Brett and I to go over, please send them to us. You can leave them in the comments or send them to hapticintel.gmail.com and make sure you include those nudes that we're asking for, okay? All right. Okay. This was a important part. Yeah. Of course. And also pictures of your puppies. All right. We like those two. Oh, forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. All right. You like the puppers. Yeah. Sleep tight, pupper. Funny dog eat a Pepsi. Did I send you the fucking progression of memes with that? Yeah, you did. The funny dog eat a Pepsi, then there's like the like the larger dog eating the Pepsi, and then there's like the Pepsi eating the fucking dog. Mm -hmm. Dude, it's a fucking progression of memes that made me die. All right. Anyway, moving on. Bioshock, the collection, was rated on February 19th, and it was classified for PC, PS4, Xbox One, PS3, and Xbox 360. Was it already released on PS3 and Xbox 360, the collection of all three? I don't think so. Not like the collection. I think there was a one and two bundle. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think it included. No. There there a game. Have, and there might have been an infinite with all the DLC. There was a game that just came out. It was a collection. It came out only for PS3. It was Borderlands Collection. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so, but again, we see this. This is the second time now that this has happened. We talked about it actually on a podcast before that. It's no longer up. Um... So, please, 2K, I want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I just, I don't even care about the other two. I just don't play Bioshock 1, to be honest with you. I don't even care about the other two. Like, I'll play I'll play Infinite, but... No, you won't. I didn't like 2. 2 was alright. It was not good, though. Yeah, but you won't play Infinite. The thing is that you've fucking been trying to play it for years, and you're not going to play it. Yeah, because I have to play it on a PS3 with shitty triggers, dude. I don't want to do that. Wait. <laughs> Join some games that I can play on PS3, shooters, and that is not one of them. Would you play it on PS4, though? Yeah. Okay, buy it. I also, don't have, a, I also don't have a drive to play a PS3 game that 
don't know. We'll probably come out on PS4. Yeah. Hopefully. So, when is it going to be released? Who knows? If, is it going to be released? Who knows? But it was rated, so... I'd, I'd say chances are high that it's a thing and it comes out yeah. this year. And that would sell, like, again, like fucking cunt cakes, all right? We talked about this earlier. We talked about how a lot of games, collections, get leaked online uh, from, like, yeah. these international retailers. Yeah. yeah. GTA V, uh, PS4 got leaked, mm-hmm. you know? Stuff like that. So, related to Bioshock, does anyone have anything else to say about Bioshock? I like Bioshock 1's good. It's a good game. It is. I like Infinite too. So, Infinite Slick. The first one, it's actually a debate in our friend group right now. Like, listen, I love Bioshock, okay? The first one was fucking amazing. It's an important game to me. I enjoyed it a lot, okay? But listen, I like Infinite better, okay? Suck me off. I like the setting better. I like the story better. I like it better, okay? Okay, you're wrong, but that's your opinion, so. I think they're both. It's it's subjective. I can't be incorrect. Okay? Okay. Listen to me some... Bioshock one's a better game. That's some pasta coming out over there, dude. Anyway. I don't, I don't see any. That's weird. Oh. Yeah, probably not. Because no one likes pasta. I got some soup in my armpit, though. I'll oh, really? Yeah. You want some ravioli tonight? No, I'm alright. No, you good? Alright. Anyway. Um, so, Bioshock is published by 2K. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. We'll talk about that later, guys, all right? Take-Two Interactive um, owns 2K, okay? And now why this is important is because Take-Two Interactive CEO Strauss Zelnick, Zeldick, said that Take-Two will be at E3 in a big way. Matt Bilby. <laughs> Evan, you'll be back up soon, what he's referring to, because don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they said that Take-Two Interactive will be at E3 in a big way. <laughs> <laughs> be at E3 in a big way. Um, so again, Take Two owns 2K and Rockstar, so the, which includes titles like Borderlands, Bioshock, GTA, and Red Dead Redemption, which I'll get back to. Um, so the only games right now that Take Two has slated for this year for releases: Civ Revolution Two Plus, Battleborn, and Mafia Three. Okay, so they're all slated for release later later this year. Now there's also a rumored Borderlands of development. It's not confirmed, but there's a lot of rumors about it being in development, and I'm almost 100% million percent sure that that's true. You think? I, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm, I'm absolutely positive there's a Borderlands in development right now. Okay? So, back to Red Dead. Take-Two owns, or published, Red Dead Redemption. Okay? Now, I don't know if you remember that rumor going around a while ago about there being a Red Dead, you know, port or remastered edition, but then they said that it would be too hard because something's fucked up with it. Yeah, them. I heard that game is just... Yeah. But do you think it's not possible at all? We got to run on Xbox One. Well, apparently they are. Remember that list of games I oh, said yeah, you know, yeah. Red Dead's included on one of the backwards compatible? So, yeah, yeah. But Which is a heist into me. I just don't understand. Like, does he mean a big way that they're going to show like those few games off that they already announced? But it sounds like they might have their own conference or something. Like, mm. I, I just... I don't know. I mean... To go back to the Bioshock thing, 2K it was published by 2K. Maybe Take Two will be the ones to announce the Bioshock collection. That we're gonna wait. That'll be a bomb they're gonna drop. Oh, I didn't even think about that connection. That could be what they're waiting for. Why wouldn't you wait? Yeah. I mean, they could also. What if they're just like, oh yeah, by the way, we have like four fucking collections we're gonna drop on you guys, including Bioshock and fucking Red Dead, and like, like wouldn't that be nuts? Not collections, but ports. What if they did Red Dead Revolver and then Red Dead Redemption? They could. 
Revolver's PS2 game. Yeah. It'd be slick. I didn't even think about the connection with Bioshock being there, but that'd be slick. It'd, people would go insane. They yeah. were like, hey, guess what? Bioshock collection. Hey, guess what? Then we have Civ, and we have Battleborn, and we have Mafia 3, and then, hey, guess what else? Red Dead. Well, Battleborn's yeah. already going to be out. Yeah. They'll talk about, like, post-game content and stuff. Yeah. Or how they're going to cancel the online and close the servers forever because <laughs> the game sold one copy. Oh, my God. I think the game's going to do fine. Listen, I got a copy of Spectrobes for the Nintendo DS sitting here. What is that? Spectrobes. My dad found it outside on the ground and gave it to me. Does it work? I don't know. Probably. Oh, probably not. <laughs> oh dear. Well, that's fine. There's a little schmack. It's all plastic. Yeah. Yeah, Spectrobes, yeah. not published by 2K. I believe it's a Disney game. It is. I actually looked at it. And what's that for? Started. That's for Nintendo? The DS. Yes, Nintendo DS. Oh, that's interesting. I think you can get it for $5 or 5 and below if you guys want a copy. Or you can buy my copy for $1,000. I'll put it up on eBay. Okay. Anyway, speaking of Nintendo, Steven, this is going to be... The resident Nintendo be, yeah. expert tracker here. I would just like to talk about po- the Pokemon Moon and Sun. And and so it'll first. tie in, actually. Okay. I'm so gonna, we can do whatever I'm gonna, we want. I'm going to hand over the reins to well, you. Let's preface a little bit. So what exa- what's going on with Nintendo? Is there a lot? Is there? What's the deal? All right. So this dude, and I have to credit him because... He supposedly had, a, or has, or had, I don't know, a source in NOA, Nintendo of America Marketing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to shout out his YouTube name as well as his NeoGAF username, because it, it's deserved. Super Metal Dave 64 yeah. you, If you search that on YouTube, it's hard to fucking find, but he has videos about NX and shit, and he's been on, like, other smaller-time podcasts, kind of like this, actually. And his NeoGAF username, for those curious, is Trevelyan9999. So he essentially has made YouTube videos about like NX release details, um, about the status of the Zelda game, and about 3DS and Wii U like libraries for this year, games that are supposed to launch this year. Now he got budget numbers Mm -hmm. and he got like code names and shit. So I'm gonna, I wrote them down, I'm gonna read through them, some specifics. So. so I'm gonna have to give this with a caveat because like the videos he had are taken down now, Ooh. and I. But I feel like it's not a sense of him backing down on a source. I feel like it actually just vindicates what he said, and I'm gonna get into that. So specific details. I. Um, it wasn't a specific NeoGAF thread, but for NX, he said it'll be out in 2016. Confirmed that. Okay. Um, and he confirmed that there's more third-party developer interest for it than the Wii U. And that um, people want dev kits. That's expected. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Zelda NX. So it, it's initially a Wii U game. He's saying that, like Twilight Princess, it'll be on both, and that it'll be in the launch window. Not necessarily, not necessarily a launch game, but within that window. Mm-hmm. And Wii U, in terms of coming out this year, unfortunately, while I love my Wii U, not much unannounced shit coming out. There's one announced game for 2016 that was supposedly come out. My theory is that it's Paper Mario, which is supposedly a thing that was conf- yeah, confirmed more or less yeah. by Emily Rogers. It's still not official, but apparently it's in localization now. Yeah. And that's going to be fucking awesome. I'm excited for that. Um, but other than that, like the Shin Megami game, you got the Zelda game, you got Star Fox, and there's a few more I might be missing, but not much for it. It's pretty much dead. Um, big titles, though, coming out. Those yeah. Are big, big yeah, games. some decent first... Their, their first-party content, in my opinion, has never waned, despite no. the poor... 
performance. I mean, of Star the Fox system. doesn't necessarily look the best, but no. And the motion controls. There's rumors about that game going through development shit, trying to force the motion controls. It's mm. <clears throat> that's a shame. But in any case, um, that's still slated for April. By the way, there was rumors yeah. of that delay that'll be out in April still. Anyway, let's get into the budget numbers in the DS list, which is substantial and much more than Wii U. Okay. So. And this is all public information. Like, he took down the videos. The NeoGAF thread is still there. And so this is all public info and not on their ND, other NDA here. So his numbers. 3DS has a marketing budget this year. 56.25 million smackaroons. Wii U's marketing budget. 34.5 million smackaroons. Zelda specifically has a $10 million budget. And that capital can be moved to NX if, um, if it's, like, closer to coming out when the NX comes out. And a lot of the NX details, marketing, all that shit is not told to NOA. That doesn't surprise me. Japan, it still seems, yeah. while they're getting better, like Japan's still very tight with this. Mm -hmm. And they've been, like NX in general, like no one really knows anything. Like this is the biggest, yeah. I feel like, concrete info about it. And I'm going to tell you how all this info I think has been confirmed. So let's go through the release list for 3DS. Spring to early summer. we got the Mario and Sonic Rio Olympic game shit no one cares about. In my opinion. Nintendo selects round one. So they've done this for Wii and DS before. Like, essentially, like, almost reprint games. Like, the lower prices. They uh -huh. have, like, the special border around them and shit. Done in the past. Isn't that confirmed? It's smart to do. Yeah, I think they confirmed that. Hyrule Warriors Legends. It's been announced, and it'll come out soon. Disney Art Academy. Not initially confirmed when he had this list out. However, it was confirmed by a rating website. So we're right. like similar to Bioshock things. So that was in his list. Now, apparently, there was discrepancy. Like, oh, this... That leaked the same day as he leaked this list, so he could have just added it. Oh. But in any case, that just that's one right. my view confirmation. Bravely second, sequel to Bravely Default. We know this is announced, we know it's coming. Here we go. Codename. Caviar F. And so that's a code name for it, and it's a small budget game for all ages. And I'm gonna get into what people think some of these games might be after okay. I go through the whole list. And last for the spring early summer, Metroid Prime Federation Force. Has in, it's gone in hiding since E3 because the like-to-dislike ratio on the video is fucking just incredibly large. Really? And it's bad. I think it's a shame because, like, the next next level games is a good track record. Like, they made the Mario Strikers games. Mm -hmm. They made Luigi's Mansion on 3DS, which I really liked. But it's been away for a while. I don't know how that game's going to be. It might not be good. It might be okay. But in any case, let's uh, move on to summer time. Now, this is another codename called... Tort or Torte, T O R T E, City is the code name. And this is supposedly a big budget game for 3DS purposes, of course, mm. with marketing and everything. It's unannounced. Notice uh, the Caviar F specifically did not say unannounced. Mm -hmm. This Torte mm -hmm. City is unannounced. Supposedly has like a wide audience they could do. So I'm interested to see what that is. I have no idea. People are These saying. These are code names? Yeah. Torte City is a code name. See, here's the thing, though. Like, not to interrupt you or anything, but real quick. Yeah. Certain games have like these ridiculous code names that have nothing to do with it, so yeah. it really doesn't help. Like, yeah, people are saying like Tort City is like Mute City, like it's an okay. F Zero on 3DS, and that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. As I will actually get to at the very end. Josh and I have been playing Smite, as we mentioned previously, the closed alpha mm -hmm. on PS4, and when you play it on your friends list, it comes up as Street Sandwich is the name of, <laughs> really? of Smite. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. I'll fucking go for a Street Sandwich right now, dude. <laughs> I'm fucking getting hungry. All right, so let, let me breeze through these then. Um, Dragon Quest Seven was announced. And that'll be out in the summer. And then another code named Cadillac. Small budget, small tier game. That's they a They have a Mercedes-Benz fucking yeah, deal. Yeah, I know. So. Yeah, but then Mario Really? Park. Yeah. You can get yeah, Mercedes-Benz. You can get Mercedes cars in Mario. Who cool, dude? And a Mario Maker, actually. Yeah. You can be a fucking car. And a plane, dude. The Southwest yeah. Airlines. Yeah. 
All right, so here's the fall holiday. This might be the juiciest things, maybe. 3DS price cut. Hardware price cut. Uh-huh. I feel like it'd only be like $30, $50. At it's most. not bad. It's not an expensive console anyway. So Yeah, and it's actually just came up on its five-year anniversary, which wow. is pretty nuts. You and I were just saying, like the new Pokemon uh, 3DS bundle, it's like 200 bucks. Yeah. That's cheap. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and then here's another codename, N-Stars. Big, supposedly big budget game. Nintendo a lot stars. of the speculation is it integrates Amiibo a lot. It's weird to be on 3DS. Maybe there'd be a Wii U version as well. I don't know. Um, but supposedly, like, big budget, probably Nintendo Stars, maybe a Nintendo Land-like thing on 3DS. I don't know. Again, it's just a codename, and you can't read much off of that. The yeah. new 3DSs um, have the uh, Amiibo scan. Yeah, you, right? just, you just tap okay. it on the touchscreen, and it goes right in. It's actually That's sweet. nice. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo Selects Wave 2. So more games re-released or lower budget or everything like that. Um, now there's a co- this is kind of a codename DMW2, which is speculated to be Disney Magical World 2, which I believe mm. there was a first one on DS already. It used like your Mies and everything. I don't really know much about it at all. But that's a good spec. Like that's good speculation yeah. right there. Dragon Quest 8, and then this is the big juicy one in my opinion for 3S. It was Pokemon codename Niji N I G I. I could be Ooh. butchering the pronunciation. Rainbow, right? So that was. The thing, like, in some way, it translates to rainbow. But now we're going to tie this into the Pokemon announcement that just happened about Sun and Moon mm-hmm. coming out fall 2016. Yep. The uh, file names for the picture, Sun and Moon, were Niji underscore one and Niji underscore two. So, I think that is the total vindication of this dude's information. Yeah. So... Niji might have been the code name. Might yeah. have been the first name. And that they Shinichi. changed they changed the file name later, mm. like on the thing. So it was like Sun underscore one or whatever and moon and stuff. Sorry, this is way off topic. Did you finish uh Parasite? No. Shinichi. Okay, I'm sorry. Niji. Okay. Um yeah, so that's a rundown of the three DS like projected releases for this year. It's uh oh my God pretty substantial list especially yeah. compared to Wii U um, but I think that last thing totally validates this guy yeah, yeah. I, I feel like per, I mean yeah although I feel like his source might be totally fucked now like he gave out like budget numbers which is like yeah that's like crazy does, you know, you did he have an a, NDA shit. or did his source have an NDA and then the source disclosed well, his source it to him worked then... for Nintendo marketing I don't think he I don't think they can do any legal thing against him but they can for his source they might just fire him, yeah. I mean, they fired someone who went on a podcast without asking him first. Yeah, that's insane, by the way. So, like... Yeah, they, they did. It was, like, a small-time He didn't even say anything bad. He was actually probably saying good things. Yeah, yeah, you don't know about that? Tough nature of the corporate beast, that. but... That's fucking stupid, dude. Yeah, he went on a podcast a little bigger than ours. Okay, so, briefly touching on the code names, there's, unre- there's two unreleased games that are in Japan that these... Caviar F and Cadillac could be, and it's uh, Rhythm Heaven Plus, which is a new Rhythm Heaven game on 3DS, mm. and Style Savvy 2. I didn't, I guess they, they did make a first one, and guess it came out here. I didn't really know, but it's like use your Mies and all that other shit. So that could be these two. I gotcha. could easily see that because it doesn't, that did not say unannounced, unlike like Tour de City and yeah, yeah. Stars and shit. Um, so yeah, that's the rundown of those numbers. So for me, exciting is like NX in 2016. Yeah. Zelda will be an NX title. And a separate dude said that Smash will be an NX game. Mm-hmm. Maybe launch game. Yeah. We spoke about the um the NX and like the releases of in depth in our consoles discussion, which is yeah. uh, you can check out. Didn't we say that we think it's gonna come out this year? Yeah. I don't remember what we said. I think you it know. did. 
Now, no one really knows what it is. If it's like a handheld console thing, if there's yeah. both, if a handheld's a controller, is a handheld unit that'll come out later. I have no idea. But oh, and there are other things by him that the con whatever the thing is, it like easily runs like Unreal Engine four and Unity. So like it has engine support there. Damn, that's um, good. Supposedly, and this would kind of tie in. If I may, because I think this is uh, interesting. There's a couple things. One I actually didn't write down about um, the un the guys who made Ori in the Blind for No, it's not Ori. I might be Ori. I thought it was Unravel. Oh, so there's an Unravel developer that's saying like, essentially saying they're being very secretive about their thing. For an X. They're being like, yeah, they're like not. They're not. At least they're not telling those developers of Unravel like mm. about like. How this like what the system can support and everything hmm. like that. Um, so a lot of, like a lot of Nintendo's Doom things come up all the time. Like oh they're being secretive and they're not doing it right, which you know you can make easily make an argument for. But if like one studio not knowing about it means others don't. Mm -hmm. And there was another comment from I think I'm almost sure this is Ori and the Blind Forest Studio that he was like essentially saying like they're like arrogant for being secretive about it. And one could make that argument. I wouldn't you know, like, completely shut it down and everything. But then it was, just, I don't know, where a fucking former Sony executive was like, you're being unprofessional F on Twitter. And I was like, oh, damn. So the Ori like, guy? He, yeah, he was saying, like, those guys are being unprofessional and everything. About, like, not not giving out all the specs right away. Oh, Nintendo is? No, he, he was saying... Nintendo the, was bashing the Unravel guy. And no, the, uh, no, the Moon Studios, which did Ori, yeah. was like... They're being wrong and stupid for not like sharing yes. their stuff with as many people as possible. And then the Sony guy. And the like, so the former Sony guy was like, "That's like an out of line comment to say." Hmm. So, interesting Twitter drama. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you're like a small time studio and everything, and you have every right to like say that. And they should be courting as much people as possible, which I'm about to get to. And I'm just going to transition right into that. So this is from Nintendo Life. But there's a rumored March meeting with EA and Nintendo. And EA essentially wants them to market towards sports pl game players. No! So gonna, I wrote down a little bit of details here. They wanted them to do better at cultivating sports because supposedly Sony and Microsoft spend a shitload of marketing dollars during sports events to like get people to buy their consoles. So let me go into some of the specifics. Wait, wait. Sports games or sports events? Let's say like during a big baseball game or football game they want nintendo to like advertise nx with like a slung alongside like madden or something oh well that's fine i just i don't want like ea to fucking go to nintendo be like yo all right we're gonna put madden on your console and put fifa on your console and then at your fucking conferences you're gonna have literally two fucking hours dude <laughs> of fucking sports <laughs> Look at that wave Because if we uh, if we remember E three from last year, it's EA's conference was fucking yeah, sports conference, the fucking stupid cunt McGee fest. All right. Mm -hmm. So I will continue to delve into some specifics here. There, I wrote bundles of the question mark. So like, you know, I think there was a this is not even EA, but like there's a NBA bundle with PS four. Madden was bundled. FIFA has a bundle. So they want them to be more open to like third-party bundles, specifically their sports games, I guess, because sports games make EA a lot of money, so, even though, like, the hardcore, I don't think the most hardcore gamers really care about that as much as, like, their other platforms and properties, but we'll see. Um, so, yeah, I mentioned Sony Microsoft spent a lot of money do for marketing for EA stuff, 
And um, the other stress point was that they need more apps, which I totally agree with. Um, yeah. Like MLB TV, NBA TV, like WWE, all these like third-party apps that like you can just have. And like they obviously like have some. They even had some with the fucking Wii. I remember with Netflix, you had the little disc at first. Mm -hmm. I think that was for all the consoles at first until it became an app, actually. Yeah. So I don't think there's any reason why they can't have all that. Yeah. And that's fine. But so yeah, the rumor is that. In March, they're going to talk about shit. Nintendo will talk about NX with them. And EA's like, we have some like recommendations slash things we want to do. Because supposedly, I didn't pay attention much to marketing speak back when Wii U was coming out. But EA and Nintendo supposedly had this unprecedented partnership. And that did not last long at all. Um, and there's probably faults on both sides to why that is the case. It's all EA's fault. Sure it is. I don't know about that. Quote me. I mean... They made a weak console that yeah. wasn't hard to no, put games on. No, that's so, true. That's true. Um, so yeah, a lot of developers kind of talking now, although not as much. There's still like no concrete info from Nintendo. Still no Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Um, oh, there's one other fucking rumor about Square Enix that Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy 7 will be on NX, the big games. So I don't know if that's gonna. Apparently. So the kind of funny event they're doing for Final Fantasy 15, they're going to reveal like the release date and shit. And supposedly Tabata was there and was like, we have a big surprise for that. So what if it was like, this will be on NX or something? And then, so that would mean they talk about it before that. I don't, I don't know so it's going to be on NX, dude. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't Apparently they're courting Square Enix hard. They, Nintendo has room to get Japanese developers on their shit. I mean, if it is, good on them, but I don't know about that. That would be huge, though. I mean, they kind of already said Dragon Quest Eleven will be on it, and that's going to be on PS4 as well. So, but we'll, It's also on 3DS. So will the NX version have the 3DS version? The PS4 version? No one knows. But yeah, that's been a lot of juicy rumors and shit that... Yeah, that was good. ...keeps the excitement for E3 building up yeah. continuously. E3's going to be huge this year. Yeah, I want to say huge. shout out to Super Metal Dave64. <laughs> Yeah, I would try to try to search that name. The core, the big videos he had aren't up anymore, which is unfortunate. But he has other videos about like NX. Some of it might be related to his source. Some of it is just like discussion and everything. So well, check him out. Yeah, he needs a shout out for the information he got. Oh, and because I'm just in passing, there's this fucking website called NintendoNews.com. There's so many like. I think Nintendo might be most guilty of this, of, like, fan news sites that are, like, fan sites, essentially. And they were like, we can... They had made a tweet. We can confirm there's a rat in NOA, and they said they should fire him. So, they're like, they're trying to undermine this, like, one dude who, like, got the biggest fucking scoop out of anyone, out of all these big... Like, IGN, Kotaku, GameSpot, Polygon, like, none of these guys got this. This one dude got it, and I'm... I'm about to say 100% sure that his info is correct. Mm -hmm. And this fucking random fan site's... I call it a fan site. It's not really a new site. They just like post what Nintendo does. Like there's so many of them, and they all most of them fucking are mediocre and suck dick. But um, and he's like, and they're just trying to like undermine him like that. And he's like been Super Metal Day's been like I haven't seen him on NeoGaf at all. Or he's yeah. like in hiding pretty much. That's fucking stupid. Like if, if yeah. like IGN or someone like that did that, you wouldn't hear anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's crushing the little guy, just like on YouTube right now. Anyway, fuck you, YouTube, for being stupid with a lot of things. Jesus. Yeah. Trying to take down the little guy. Anyway, that's all I had. No, that was Lots good. of shit. Thank Lots you. Lots of interesting stuff. Thank you. I enjoyed that. It was Quite. good. A lot of nice <clears throat> information. It's good. It's nice. So, moving on. A topic that 
on It's here. a topic. <laughs> Naughty Dog's new Uncharted Tour trailer, which was... I know you guys really enjoy the trailer. Yeah, the game looks... Spearly... Spearly... Purely aesthetic. Looks phenomenal. And I'll leave my opinion at that. Josh, for those of you that don't know, Josh doesn't like Uncharted, the franchise at all. Um... That's really all I have to say. <laughs> yeah, Steven nothing more I, needs to be said. Steven and I here, we both like it, and Josh doesn't. So. Mm-hmm. so anyway, in this new trailer, it included what looked like artwork from Assassin's Creed 4 no. Black Flag. No, it didn't. It's not what it looked like. It was it was concept art. Literally taken from Ripped concept. it out of the fucking art book and mm-hmm. slapped that shit on the yeah. scanner and was like, literally, let's make this. Literally zoomed in. On the fucking painting as well, yeah. by the way. So it was yeah, literally, I, like, Yeah, I was close. seeing it on Twitter first, and then I, like, saw a gaff thread about the picture, and I was like, this is the same exact fucking picture. They just photoshopped out the little guy. Yeah. The little assassin. The image was spotted by Ubisoft Montreal employee. Oh, what the fuck kind of name is that? Azazia? Mr. Imar. Imar? Oh, okay, yeah. That's a good call. Who works as Assassin's Creed head of content, so you'd think he would know what he was talking about. I would say Indeed. So. Listen, they messed up. I think it was a placeholder. Listen. Yeah, I feel like... I think if you, like... There's something about pirates, right? Mm-hmm. In the context of the trailer. I think if you search, like, Pirate Island or something... So, I can't verify this. I didn't do it myself, but someone on Gaff was like, the second or third picture that comes out is that fucking, like... Yeah. It's so, the cove and... There's a few things that, that could have happened. Either they Googled it and they just put it there because fuck it. Who the fuck cares? They didn't yeah, have to create... Like they, they didn't did have that, to create, yeah. what, like, a little asset. Yeah. They got... And in that case, they would have been lazy. They want to say, hey, fuck you, Ubisoft. You guys fucking suck, which you do. Uh, and Assassin's Creed just fucking turns on the stick and just shouldn't be a thing anymore. Or, or, and this is the, this didn't happen. They actually created an asset that was that. And it that is not now, it. would be like I think I think the most... Now. Yeah, the most likely explanation is that they were like, hey, we need something to put here. Let's just fucking Google something. And I disagree. Throw it in. I disagree. The assassin was literally photoshopped out of the image. They did it. They knew what they were doing. Maybe it was placeholder. Rubio but said they, they knew exactly what they were doing. They, listen, political they knew what they were doing. They photoshopped them out, and I don't think they meant to leave it there, but they took it, and they knew what it was, and they knew. What if it was just like some kind of like, like content artist like, that yeah, just did something? There could have been some... Not high level guy that they were like, listen, you like get the shit for this part of the trailer or something. I have no, no idea yeah, how the inner workings work. And he was just like, oh, well, I don't care. Let's just fucking Photoshop it out. No one will notice. It, and turns out people noticed. Yeah, it could have also been like, hey, we need this piece of art for this, you know, for the game. And this guy would have been like, oh, okay. And he just lazily found an image and Photoshopped something out of it. And that's what he actually like got paid to do. You know what I mean? Like he, mm-hmm. his work was literally stolen from someone else. Now, I don't think this is likely at all, but what if like, no, this wouldn't be it. But, like, Naughty Dog doesn't really need to... They can just not put anything out for Uncharted, and it's going to sell, in, like, insane amounts of copies. You think maybe it was... Maybe it was a, a PR ploy, but I don't see them no. doing that. No, as a no. stu- I really, I really respect they, Naughty they, they Dog as a studio. Yeah. yeah, I really respect Naughty Dog as a studio. So, honestly, my opinion, I think it was just, like, an honest mistake. I don't necessarily think they intended to put it in there. Yeah, and they, they photoshopped the assassin out of it. I think it was obvious they did it on purpose, but maybe well, whoever they didn't mean did to it, leave it in. Like I, I think the more likely explanation is somebody did it and they photoshopped it out because it didn't fit. I, I don't know. No one knows. 
There hasn't been a statement. I don't think we're going to get a statement. I don't think... No, they did. I think they, they did. They, they released the trailer without that. They put a different image on there. And then there, they yeah. said, we're sorry, we messed up. Yeah, they did. I was, was like, they did it relatively... I think it was in the same day and everything, mm-hmm. so... All right. I don't think it was straight, like Bruce Straley and Neil Druckmann like, going over a table like, hey, let's like see how we can fuck over Assassin's no, Creed, even, which isn't even have a game coming Neil out. Neil Druckmann anyway. tweeted, he said, yeah. we, he said, we fucked up. Yeah. I don't even think it's that big of a deal. I, big of a deal, personally. It's not, but if Ubisoft did it to uh, Uncharted, it'd be a big deal. So yeah, that's well, why fuck Ubisoft, that's dude. Why that's deal. fucking that's shit cucks. Point. I didn't think for that. That's why it's a big deal. If it was flipped around. It'd be like, oh my god, Ubi shit. Yeah, but here's the thing. Naughty Dog is good, and Ubisoft is not, so. Okay, well. I agree with you, Brett. But I also somewhat agree with Josh, too. No, I agree with Josh, too. I'm just saying. Listen to me, Naughty Dog Eves Gelmont. has the high ground. You still owe Brett a blowy. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Next topic. Battlefield Five has been spotted on a German online retailer called World of Games. Okay. It's been listed for a release in October. Makes okay. sense. Yep. And most notable is the single line of description that reads, and I'm going to butcher my German here. Mespieler Tactic Shooter in One Wildkrieg. In English, that translates to World War One Tactical Shooter. You did it better than me. And my fucking last name is Hebenstreit, dude. I would have fucking butchered that. God, yeah. It's actually, it's not too too hard. Listen, I yeah. listened to Ramstein, dude. Okay, I yeah. fucking know how to speak German. All right, no, I'm kidding. It actually has helped a lot of things. Out. I'm sure. But, yeah. So, World War One Tactical Shooter. This is big. This is, that if this is, in fact, true, which I think it is, because I saw the, the fucking thing. Okay. I am down at the setting. Yeah. World War One, though. Yeah. Me, yeah totally. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but I, I do want to say, like, we bitch and we bitch about how it's modern all the time. We want World War... We just Before talked about, it was World War Two. Yeah, well, now we, it's all modern. Exactly. We just talked about how, in, like, a podcast ago, how ba- Battalion 1944 is bringing mm-hmm. back World War Two after it's been gone for so long. Yeah, yeah. And everyone shit on World War Two, and they wanted modern, and you know what I mean? So And now people want back to this. Like, yeah. you can't fuck me. It's a cyclical... Yeah. yeah. Seems to be. But yeah, check out our, our uh, battle battalion. Battalion. Sorry, battlefield. But yeah, battalion 1944 uh, indie intel video. It's up on our channel. It's a nice World War Two shooter coming out very soon. Yeah. You might be interested if you think this sounds cool. Yeah, looks good. But this is World War One. Interesting. We'll yeah. see. You can bet this will be at E3. Oh, yeah. yeah. Listen, uh, I mean, Battlefield Hardline had a great. Uh, Great potential to have a good story. Um, it didn't, I don't think, have a, have a good story. But well, it was bad. I mean, maybe they can get a nice fucking World War One story, and then be awesome. I'd like to. You know. Yeah. Valiant Hearts is a nice World War One story. Mm-hmm. Completely different genre and yeah. aesthetic, but yeah, Valiant Hearts still, is a nice. Game. It's not a uh, Merspieler tactic shooter. It's and it is certainly not. Merspieler. All right. Uh, sounds cool. Yeah. All right. Now, real quick, what does the next one say? Is that Resident Evil? Oh, gotcha. Resident Evil. Yeah. So here, Brett has his very rare, um, very um, collectible, very um, slick. Yeah. Uh, controller. Um, yeah. Resident, explain it. Resident Evil Four uh, chainsaw controller. It's pretty rare. Uh, this is number. Yeah, it's pretty rare. You know, I'm cool. Four thousand two hundred and seven out of fifty thousand. For the Sony PlayStation Two. Yeah, they had a GameCube model available. It was Did yellow. They? Okay. Uh, it was yellow, yellow and it, instead like of this instead of this case right here it was like 
grass and like the ground, and you would just stick it on the ground. Oh, that's kind of cool. Has buttons all over it, buttons on the sides. Uh, this doesn't move at all, but the start button is the pulley John. Makes a nice noise there. And if you actually have it, if you actually have it plugged in, it actually turns on and it shakes and rumbles like a real chainsaw. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It has rumble. As motion. <clears throat> so that's pretty cool. You're not for sale. It's not for sale. It is for it's sale. Um, it's going up on eBay.com um, for approximately six dollars. Now the cool thing about it is though, like every blood splatter was done um, differently, so it's unique. Every single how many are there? Fifty thousand. Each one has a different blood splatter on it. I think mine's pretty. It's nice. I think. It, you can see it on here. It has like a nice blood splatter. Some of them have like none on it at all. You know, I like how mine has a nice little coating. It has a little thumbprint in there. Let you know that's where your thumb goes. Finger, finger shits right there. But why are we talking about this? Why is this here? What's going on? I'm bringing it up because Resident Evil 6, Resident Evil... <laughs> One, two, three, four, three. Oh, Resident Evil 6, Resident Evil 5, and Resident Evil 4 are coming to Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Bam. I'm excited. I like bucks each, right? Yeah. Starting with Resident Evil 6, That's followed by Resident stupid. Evil 5, followed by Resident Evil 4. Is it, Brett? It's not. It's smart because if Resident Evil 4 came out and then followed by 5 and 6, no one would fucking buy 5 and 6. You know why? Because they're bad! Listen, this is why it makes no sense. 4 literally starts Leon's story, and then 5, well, maybe not, I don't know. I never played a Resident Evil before 4, but Leon is the main character in 4, and then Chris Redfield is the main character in 5, and then 6, you can play as, like, both of them, and it, like, yeah. and it, it like, ends it, I guess. So, like, why would they put out the last one? Like, Money. Yeah, but it's dumb. Yeah. It is. I agree. But that's the way it is. Because, I number one, I did not like Resident Evil 5 at all. Either. Bad. It's a bad mm. game. And Resident Evil 6, I've actually never played it, but I've heard that it's bad. It's more action-oriented. Yeah, I heard it's not Which Resident Evil. 5 also was a little more action-oriented. Yeah. But 4 now is slick as shit. So when that comes out, I will be purchasing yeah, it. Yeah, I've never played it. So I want to. You have it Much over there? good. You have it there, Bert? Oh, he does. He's pulling them out. Slap that bitch up here. All right. There you go. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. I'm excited. I want Resident Evil 4. Now. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't even know. Did they say release dates? I don't think they did. Yeah, they did. did they, they did for 6. Uh, I, did 6 get an actual date? No four, dates. 4 said fall 2016. Yeah. 5 is summer. I don't have to wait that long. Oh. That's okay. Yeah. They have spread it out, and Capcom has other stuff they have to do, yeah. so. Alright. GG, Capcom. It's but a solid move, I'd say. I mean, this is like the third time they've released it. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 so was out on the PS3, Xbox 360, GameCube, PS2, Wii. Mm -hmm. So. Literally, you can get it for every system. Yeah. Except PS1. It's good. PC, even, I think. So. Yeah. Alright. Moving on to how we end each show, and this has been a nice, meaty one. Indeed. Yeah. Our memory card has 25 minutes left. Yeah. Well, we'll be it's right. It's been a long one. Yeah. Um, unpopular opinions. It was how we end each show. Basically, one of us, all of us, few of us present an unpopular opinion that we have. It's our opinion, so you might get triggered by it, but it's what we personally feel. If you have any unpopular opinions, please leave them in the comments below or send them to hapticintel at gmail.com. Okay? Um, include some your name, information, where you're from, and pictures of your puppies and those nudes, if you could, please. Thank you. All right. So uh, I have one this week. Brett, do you have one? I have a small one, yeah. Okay, and then, Stephen, do you have one, or...? Let's go with uh, you guys go first. Okay. Maybe. Brett, you want to go? Or you yeah, I'll go. go. Okay. So, 
this is a movie-related one, so it's not really quite gaming, but... Uh, more more recently, a movie came out called The Witch. Uh, the Vivich. The Vivich. Or The Witch. The Witch. The Witch. So the movie came out, and Stephen King literally said it was like the best horror movie ever, and it got, you know, praised by everyone. And the movie came out like last weekend or two weekends ago, and I went and I saw it with you guys, and mm-hmm. I did not like it as much as I thought I would. I wasn't scared by the movie at all. Uh, it was unsettling in certain parts. There was one part that was scary to me, and I was like, "Oh shit, that was spooky." Um, I don't know. Like, what I want to, what I'm, what the unpopular opinion is. One, I don't like it, and everyone else does, and I feel like it's getting way too much praise, and it's uh, overrated. And two, I'm being people like me that don't like it are being shit on and saying that we don't like. You know me. I like scary movies. I like horror movies. I'm a big fan of. Yeah, but you don't like artsy movies. No, I I do when they're done in certain ways. If that makes sense, like. Let me continue my point, and we'll get to the arts okay. thing. So I, I I like niche horror movies. I like indie horror movies. I don't like the mainstream, you know, Insidious, Annabelle. You know, I don't like any of those movies. Sinister is one that actually gets shit on by a lot of normies, and I actually like Sinister 1, um, which is probably the most mainstream horror movie I like, and, and um, Paranormal Activity, the marked ones, which is <clears throat> actually really good. But, uh, yeah, like, I, I like Afflicted, and I like uh, VHS, and VHS 2, and ABC's of Death 1 wasn't that good, but ABC's of Death 2 was pretty good. So what I'm trying to say is, like, people are shitting on me saying I don't like The Witch, and I only like jump scare horror movies. And anytime anyone shits on The Witch, that's what they get, is, oh, well, you don't like real horror movies, you don't know what a real horror movie is. The Witch is fantastic, you just like jump scares, and if there's no jump scares, you don't think it's good. And I don't think that's the case. The witch didn't need any jump scares. It just wasn't good. I actually I enjoyed the movie. Here's the thing, though. I wouldn't classify it as horror at all. No, it's not. Okay? It's a folk. It's like a folk story drama, like a timepiece movie, if yeah. you will. You know what it's, I mean? It's like it's it's psychological slash like regular thriller drama. Yeah. Yeah. Let me say one more thing. I, I liked the movie, but I didn't like it as a horror movie. And yeah. I think I went into it thinking it was going to be a horror movie, and to me, yeah. it wasn't. And that's yeah. why I don't like it. I agree. I mean, I personally, I feel the movie was unsettling throughout the whole thing. Like, I just, mm-hmm. through especially the exposition of the family, what they were going mm-hmm. through, thinking about the, what they were going through and what that girl was going through. Um, you know, I don't want to give anyone any spoilers, but... So, that's personally how I felt like it was unsettling. There was a lot of disturbing imagery. Well... There was not enough disturbing imagery for me personally. There was like a few mm-hmm. here and there, which made sense. But I feel like the overall story of the symbolism and stuff, again, yeah. no spoilers, I think was that, the, my mo- yeah. favorite part of the movie. It stayed true to the time era, 100%. Yeah, it's extremely historic, like to the T, historically accurate. Yeah, the, even the, ac- the accents, even on yeah. the young children. Like, yeah. those are young children of today, modern children, obviously. They're mm-hmm. actresses and actors, and they had the accent down. Yeah. Now, that's the thing. I need to watch that movie again with subtitles because the dad's accent, he was like too good. Yeah, he was like, fucking all right, like way like, deeper than that. Yeah, dude. So it was even harder to understand him. So. Yeah, I thought the sound did a good job of mm-hmm. building yeah. story yeah. around the it. The score was my favorite part. This I've never seen a score, I've heard a score like this before, where the score picked up tones of stuff happening in the world and then continued that slowly and build it into a piece, like an orchestral piece, which I thought was 
absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And the one time, if you ever go to see it, the one time where it does that the best is the girl, the main actress, is carrying a lantern, and the lantern makes this noise while it's swinging, and then the the violin picks up that note, and then it fucking... And I was like, oh my god, dude. Fucking excellent. Because mm-hmm. I'm a fucking cuck for good scores, which is actually going to be my unpopular opinion. But So, that was my favorite part. I gotcha. Like I said, I just, I don't know. Listen, I understand why you don't like it, and it's fine. You don't have to like everything. Uh, do I think you're a cuck? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But that's fine, and you don't have to like it. I and just think if you go on bloodydisgusting.com and all those websites, like the horror, true yeah. horror movie websites, like they're saying it's going to be like the next Exorcist or it's like the next best, biggest thing, and I'm like... And you know what? It is, unfortunately, because people are sucking it off so much. I, I, I think it's a good movie, but I, I seriously would not personally classify it as a horror movie. I wouldn't either, and I wouldn't even say it's... A, I don't know. It's a good movie, but it's not a good horror movie, and... I was really spooked out at certain parts. I was like, holy shit. And the ending got a little too carried away as well. And that's that. That's fine. That's my unpopular I consider it a solid debut effort by the director. Oh, I hell yeah. I believe it was his first movie. Yeah, the did. movie was extremely well done. He, no, he actually, he's done stuff before. Um, he did, um, oh, fuck, dude. Um, oh, God. No, 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 no. Because it's an N. Um... I gotta look it up, dude. <laughs> it's gonna fucking drive but me I'll insane. But d- I'll just add briefly that as a person who doesn't really care for horror movies at all, I went and saw it, and I enjoyed myself. Yeah, you guys all had a good time. But, like, I don't, I, I don't know if the chasm between our preferences is as big as, like, you think. Like, I thought it was, like, fine. But, like, I just don't like that whole genre, really, in general. Like, it's just not my yeah, forte. Yeah. But... yeah, I was surprised you even wanted to go see it, because it's not really your style, yeah. so. Well, I wanted to see it with... The coolest dudes in video games. Nice. No, we're gonna have to edit oh, that yeah. out. No, no, it's fine. I'll be fucking taken down. He did the uh, the, the Telltale court. Heart and uh, a version of Hansel and Gretel that I really liked. Hansel and Gretel, the newer one. No, no, no. It's it's you're not gonna know what it is at all. Okay. <laughs> it's a very niche movie. All right. Um, and he wouldn't also not like it at all. But anyway, that's why when I saw who directed it in the movie, I sucked him off. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, his name was Robert. Or yeah, Robert Eager. Eagers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've heard of him as well. He, he sounded like that one uh, movie review guy, Roger... Roger Ebert. 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 Hey, Ebert. All right. Okay. We got, we got like, not a lot of time left, so what's your unpopular opinion? You can't rush art. Okay? Are you talking about me rushing you right now, or is that your unpopular opinion? No, I'm qu- quoting uh, Toy Story 2, mm. if you will. <laughs> when uh, the Birdman gets a... Uh, Birdman, another movie, artsy. Yeah, but um, when the guy played by fucking Newman gets uh, the uh, gets Woody detailed and the guy comes in and he's like fucking talking about like, come on, dude, like finish. He's like, you can't rush art. The old guy from the chess. The yeah, I was going to say, chess. he's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So the anyway. Bugs Life chess thing. Why? Are, uh, suck me off. All right. Any, anyway, sorry about this. Um, my unpopular <laughs> opinion, okay, is also related to movies. And the main point that I'm going to make, I'm going to detail, but the main point I'd like to make is that um, a lot of movies are fucking stupid and they're written for people that are literally fucking have low mental capacities and it's a big fucking problem that we're having right now. I feel like movies are moving towards being stupid and they're not written well and they're fucking shallow as shit and they're being fucking chilled off by a million fucking people, fucking young cunts that don't know what the fuck they're talking about, okay? So that's what I'm fucking talking about. Anyway, no. 
I'd like to talk about this because I'm in this um, like a music class because I go to a, a liberal arts school anyway, and we need to take like an art class. And I took this music class that like we just essentially listen to music from movies. Now, 2001 A Space Odyssey is one of my favorite films of all time, and I also think it is the most important film ever made. Okay? Ever made. And anyway, we're sitting there watching watching the opening scene, which is commonly referred to as The Dawn of Man. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if you've never seen the film, you should watch it. The opening is like 10 minutes long. But basically, it is like apes and monkeys in, you know, very early on, like before... I think probably even Neanderthals and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. literally, like, yeah, yeah. the dawn of man. Um, and, you know, it shows them, like, through their, you know, their normal, like, habits and, you know, you know, beating their chest and, like, yelling at, like, other people that, are, like, infringe on their space. And then the monolith comes down, which is, is Hal in the movie, um, who's artificial intelligence. You should probably all know who that is. And they inspect this and they look at it. And then eventually... It moves on to them discovering kind of tools and how to, like, kill things with tools. And basically, it's that's the gist of the opening. So we're sitting there watching it, right? This fucking guy in my class, dude. I literally... These are my notes that I took. Like, you're not going to see it. But I was after he said that, I was like, you know what? This is my unpopular opinion. <laughs> Didn't pay attention to the rest of the class. So he was like, this is fucking stupid. I was like, do you even fucking know what you're watching right now? He's like, yeah, it's 2001. I was like, yeah, have you ever watched it? He's like, no, it's fucking old and stupid and like it looks bad. And the I was like, I stood up and I was like, you know what? No. <laughs> anyway, and he was like, yeah, it's old. I was like, it's made in 1968. He's like, well, it looks bad. And like, I can't stand it. This is coming, from, this is coming from the same guy, right? <laughs> that fucking... <laughs> you want to get me triggered? All right, said that he didn't finish Star Wars Episode Four because it looked bad, and he thought it was stupid. And I was like, I can't, dude. I'm gonna flip if I go on that. So, <laughs> I hate people that are like that. Okay, just because a film is old doesn't make it bad. Citizen Kane, one of the best fucking films ever made, it was made in the fucking f- 40s or 50s. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, The Room the was made in like 1995 or something. I mean, come on, kill yourself. One of the best movies of all time. So. I can't stand that when people say, oh, a movie is old and it looks bad. Well, you know what? In 1968, that movie was fucking insane, dude. And you yeah. know what? I think the space still, like, the space scenes still actually look really good. Still, oh, I think they still hold up really yeah. well. Talking about the first, the first act, the first, like, minute where it just has the title and that's, yeah. uh, Spock, also Spock's Thor or yeah. something. So, anyway, why I'm getting into this movie is because people that are literally considered mentally challenged in my mind that say that old movies are bad. You hey, need to not add, anything wrong. They are mentally, they're challenged. You like need to understand the importance of this film and how fucking genius Stanley Kubrick is for this film, okay? So, giving background before I go forward, Alex North was the original composer for this film. Stanley Kubrick hired him once the film was created. Alex and um, temp tracks are, like, tracks of music that directors put with their movies to give to composers and say, hey, I want something similar to this type of music. You know what I mean? And so Stanley Kubrick put a temp track on this. Like, he picked songs, and he put it on this, and he gave it to Alex North, and Alex North composed his own original score. Stanley Kubrick listened to it. He's like, this is fucking terrible. You're fired. He fired him. And then he hired Frank Cordell, okay? Did the same thing. Gave him the movie with the temp track. Frank Cordell composed something. He's like, you know what, Frank? This is fucking turds. Goodbye. Fired him. So 
the release of the film that we have is Stanley Kubrick's temporary tracking with all of these songs. Okay? Mm. Now getting into the fucking genius of them and why I'm so glad that he left those. The fucking temp track in the very beginning, the song with the monolith, right, where you hear it's like the kind of the dissonant choir and like the strings and everything, that song was written by Richard Strauss, okay, who wrote the song to convey the horror and the people calling out after we bombed Hiroshima, okay? Now, relating that to the dawn of man, the dawn of violence, okay, with the fucking monkeys, yeah. that is why fucking Stanley Kubrick picked that number, that, that song, mm. because it depicts human violence and our human nature to fucking kill everyone. That's interesting. And particularly the United States of America because this film came out in 1968 during Vietnam. Yeah. Okay? And you want to get even more into depth about this, okay? Richard Strauss wrote that song fucking inspired by Frederick Nietzsche, okay? Who is an old philosopher who is coined the term God is dead. Relating to fucking Stanley Kubrick describing why he picked this song because the people over in Vietnam, literally the United States dropped them there and said, fuck you and go fight these fucking pieces of shit. Why? Go fucking ask. Just go die. Okay? Yeah. God is dead. Dawn of Man violence. That is why 2001 Space Odyssey is fucking genius and all the songs in that are just like that. Picked like that. It's drop bad. The, drop the mic, dude. Die. Drop the mic. Go ahead, knock it over. Okay. So. There's a lot more layers that I could go into, but I'm not going to. So. It's bad? Yeah. It's fucking genius. I and, agree. And that's a very that's bad a trend movie. now. You look at Fukin. Fukin. Fucking <laughs> movies like Twilight and movies that literally are fucking so shallow that I could fucking not even drown in them. Okay? And you can drown in a little bit of water. <laughs> and it's selling, and that's, that's bad because people aren't appreciating films like they used to. And it triggers me because I love film. And I love you. I love you too. So, that was my unpopular opinion. Alright. Steven, you have one? We have nine minutes. I mean, there's been a lot going on in the political space, and I follow yeah. that a lot. I don't know. Um, you don't have to I'll have say one. Ted Cruz would be worse than Donald Trump as president. I'll just say yeah. that. Shots fired. Listen, dude. And I will, I will openly say, and I think I can speak for everyone, that we aren't Bernie Sanders supporters. I yeah. think tactics, if he didn't win, differ amongst us here. But yeah. having said that, Ted Cruz is a fucking religious psychopath excuse me and i'm sorry if i offend people but that politics ain't no beanbag is what they say yeah um and yeah like the way he talks it's fucking like like it's scary and he has a smarmy voice and people think he's the zodiac killer so (laughs) listen dude he'd fucking instill us having to go to church every day yeah he's a fucking madman see trump for his boisterous mussolini like faces and like posture He's, like, unpredictable, and I don't know if he believes half the shit he says. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Although his views on uh, Mexican immigrants and Muslims are fucking atrocious. But yeah. Ted Cruz said the same thing, pretty much. So, And he's, like, 
he's a snake oil salesman to the highest degree. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm the populist. Even though I went to Harvard and Princeton, and like anyone who went to like the lower tier Ivy League schools, he said they were like not worth fucking even talking to. Pretty much, yo. He's and his his wife works for Goldman Sachs, like a huge investment bank that gives to like all the politicians except Bernie. So Sanders 2016, fucking go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my dad actually works in conjunction with Goldman Sachs, yeah. and he says that they're fucking cucks. So. Yeah, I'm starting to read like The Big Short, and yeah, I want to see that movie. Too. My pick for, well, personal pick, I don't think it's going to win, but my pick for best movie this year for the Oscars, which is this Sunday. You know? Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, Shit. Last Sunday from this video, but yeah. I'm ready. My body is ready. I actually have my I have a form with my picks over there in my bag because nice. that's who I am. Nice. All right. Yeah, there we go. All right. I don't even know if that's my... Other people might agree, but in any case, that's my opinion. Yeah. GG. Welcome to the Resident Evil forecast. You good? You have your receipt? This is an old doc. Electronics Boutique, dude. EB Games. Got this game for 40 bucks. Damn. We're getting a whiff of this. It smells old, dude. 2006, I bought it. <laughs> Damn, dude. When did the game come out? 10 years. What did it come out? 05? Game came out in 05. Yeah. GameCube. I think GameCube for PS2 yeah. shortly after. Ten years, dude. Feel old yet? My uh, associate's name was Joseph. Thank you, Joseph, for selling him a fantastic oh, game. I wonder where Joseph is right now. Probably working at GameStop at the mall instead. <laughs> That's a little odd, dude. Ten years? He, you could have Joseph GameStop as the CEO of GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who leaked the PS, uh, PSVR. Yeah. Yes, of course. All right. Well, that'll do it for Hapticast episode... Eight? Nine. Nine? Nine? Jesus. Maybe fuck. ten. Yeah, it might be ten by the time we're done. Yeah. This is a big meaty... Anyway, well. again, this is Happy Intel's podcast. We talk about video games and other things that tickle our nose hairs, is what I said today. Um, put out two discussion videos a week, usually one discussion video on Indie Intel. This week's going to be two discussion videos. And then the podcast comes to you on the weekend, usually Saturday or Sunday. We also do Let's Plays. Make sure that you like, comment, subscribe. LCS. Thank you guys so much for watching. Remember to share it with friends who you think will also like it. And remember, tonight when you go to bed, to trim your nose hairs. Josh told Stephen Heffa Street, Brett Roberts. We'll see you next time. Oh, sharespace.com. Get the shirt. What is it? What is it? Uh, Get your ass to Mars. Okay. Do it. Support Buzz Aldrin. Support space travel in the future. Yeah. Do it. Do the roar. See you next time. <laughs>